Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, the wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war skirmish by skirmish to decide which show we think should have won the fight for viewing figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings using our golden envelope. Our New Year's Honours Awards after show hangovers have just worn off and it's time to get back to the action to see what Raw and Nitro have in store for us this week. But we'll start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by a man who once tried to sue Unilever as he claims he absolutely can believe it's not butter. It's the one and only Nipicker, Jim! How are you doing, Jim? It's, it's obviously not butter, is it? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, like I said, um, I'm just about over the um, the, the the award show hangover. Yeah. Big night for the uh, WCW Eric Bischoff, and I'm excited to see if they can uh, follow. How they're going to follow up from the, the big uh, the big the big hall of trophies that they took home. Fantastic stuff. And all the way from the Anuncia Mesa announce table in Spanish, it's Los Liam. All right, Liam. Hello. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Um, good to uh, get behind the wheel again for the. Uh, yeah, it's been a the while. The upcoming uh, Survivor Series run through before we uh, before we go into the rundown of the uh, of the Monday Night Wars. Can't wait, and I have not seen Survivor Series, so I cannot wait for that. Well, you're, in, you're in for a cracker. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, before we begin, don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you don't already. We are at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Looking up at the Monday Night Scoreboard once more, it's showing I can see WWF Raw ahead 5-3. So can Mr. Bischoff's WCW Nitro pull one back today? Let's find out. All right, Jim, say no more. I'll get you placed in history with some cultural reference points before we have a falling out. Let's set the scene. The date is the 20th of November, 1995. This week. My favourite Bond film, Goldeneye, topped the US box office and took clear and present dangers opening weekend spy film record in the process. In gaming, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest was released to critical acclaim and what a soundtrack it is. And Irish songstress Enya released the incredible single Anywhere Is, I assume in response to Hacksaw's Irish Holiday and I now realise that the title is actually finished Anywhere Is better than here if he's arrived right now in order watching at the flicks what we're playing at home on our super nintendos and what we're listening to to calm down after all the hogan promo nightmares there'll be rude diesel interruptions one two three kid backhander corruptions but no brothers of destruction let's get cracking And we kick off with a Survivor Series recap. Liam, take us through what happened. Coming live from the US Air Arena in Landover, Maryland. And this time we've got seven matches on the card with only one being a dark match, which is, is quite interesting. So a lot of dedicated time, I think, for each, uh, for each contest. Um, and we've got some interesting uh, talking points as we head into Survivor Series. Um, will The Undertaker be at 100% when he returns to action tonight? Oh, he's got a crushed face, hasn't he? Of course he does. Mm. Exactly. So how, how is he going to fare tonight? <laughs> how will the teams in the wildcard match be able to cooperate with one Christ, another? I forgot about the wildcard match. And more importantly, how did the one 2 free kid spend his $5 pocket money last week? <laughs> <laughs> we, we go straight into a Bret Hart and Diesel promo. Because last one was so good. <laughs> well, they're plugging this on the night now, aren't they? 
do this it's last week. Late, I guess. It's yeah, late, d- yeah, do this last last week, fellas. <laughs> you buy the bought it, or you haven't by this point. Exactly. <laughs> and to be fair, yeah. it was a, it was a, it was a cracking promo. It, it, it was it was yeah, it was decent. <laughs> honestly, fuck's sake, um, isn't it? You got to pay for the good promos. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> So they could have they could have they, they could have used this instead of the uh, the, 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 the face to face. Apparently, we interview we got the other week, but uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, it 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 built it up nicely. Even though we haven't got, we haven't had much heat towards this main event, it's probably been the least hyped main event so far. Um, it, it it looks it looked cra- it looked cracking when uh, when they were going through it then. Um, and then we head back to the comms team, and we see that uh, Mister Perfect is taking a seat aside uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And Jim Ross, so we get Jim Ross as well on this. Oh, uh, you got Jim Ross on this as well, yeah. So, so we've obviously got Mister Perfect filling in for Jerry Lawler, who is part of the Royals team, who we'll uh, we'll talk about later on. Of course, on. yes, I see. He's in action. Yeah. So, first first match that we open on the card, we have the team named the Underdogs, <laughs> which is made up of Marty Janetti. Oh God, Akushi. See if he's on the Underdogs team. <laughs> The clear favourites. <laughs> the overwhelming favourites. I thought this was Taker and Bulldog's team. Oh, surely. <laughs> We've got Marty Janetti, Hakushi, Barry Horowitz and Bob Sparkplug Holly. So they are oh, the team underdogs. Okay. And they're going up against... <laughs> what makes them underdogs? I've got no that. idea. Right. No idea at all. <laughs> and they're going up against the team named the Body Donners. That's the name of the tag team. That's, that's Skip and Sonny, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, it's just not a tag team. Yeah, sorry, Skip and his manager. They try and find a loophole for that. So, <laughs> right. the, the, this team then. So the team body donors. We've yeah. got Skip. Yes. Makes sense. Of course. We've got Rad Radford. Oh God, he's still around. Who apparently is a body donor in training. <laughs> no, he's not. He isn't. <laughs> stop, stop lying, Vince. He's not. Scraping the barrel in the first match. There we go. So we've got... <laughs> so yeah, Skip Rad Radford. We've got Dr. Tom Pritchard. Tom Pritchard's in? Wow. So there's no justification for Dr. Tom Pritchard's inclusion on the uh, the Body Donners team. So we're left we're left wondering why why this character's been, been chosen. And the last the last member of the of Team Body Donners is the one two free kid. Oh, Jim's favourite. So so we open we open a pay-per-view of a match that we've literally heard nothing about over the past few episodes no, of Raw. There's, didn't know what's you know, happening this one. We haven't seen Rad Radford, Dr. Tom Pritchard, <laughs> Bob Holly's not been featuring. <laughs> no. So who knows? Who knows off. why this is on the uh, on the card? <laughs> anyway, right, so I'll cut to the chase here. Right, so <laughs> the, the the finish we get anyway, um Ted DiBiase, who obviously came down with the one, two, three kid. Yes. Um he he, he climbs onto the apron, he distracts Earl Hebner. Um, and, and while he's doing that, Psycho Sid, he appears, um, he picks Marty Gennetti up, uh, drops him onto the ropes, throat first. He's got a death okay, wish. Okay, he, he bounces back onto the canvas and the kid takes advantage of this and gets the one, two, three. Jesus. So the t- team body donors to pick up the victory in the first uh, in the first uh, contest. So last week, um, Steve, I think it was you who said that one, two, three kid turning heel was on your was one of your builders. Yeah, um, and to be and to be fair, it it, it, it worked. It did work in yeah. this match. Yeah. Um, getting getting a lot of lot of heat from the crowd, even though he was he was choking and he was you know eye gouging and things like that. It, it yeah. does. It, it's loads better. It's a lot better. Oh. It, it, it it he needed that, didn't he? He did. And, he um, was the one, two, three idiot. It, it, do, it, it does seem to work here. Janetti, uh, Jim. I will hold my hands up. Marty Janetti, very good. I think star of the show. <laughs> Hakushi's up there as well, but Giretti was a close second. Uh, wow. He got he got the best 
the best pinfall for one of the eliminations. When Skip was eliminated, they were both on the uh, the top turnbuckle. Um, Skip was trying to suplex him off, and, mm-hmm. and Marty picks him up and power bombs him from the top turnbuckle. It was quite impressive, to be honest. Fair and the uh, crowd were going wild, shouting, <laughs> chanting Marty, Marty, going, 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 absolutely mental for Genetti. So you'd have loved that. You'd have absolutely ah, yeah, uh, joined in with that. But yeah, it was a interesting choice for the opener. Yeah. But uh, yeah, team team body donners coming uh, out victorious. Um, one, two, three, keep picking up the uh, the pinfall. So the next match that we've got is uh, we've got a women's uh, tag team contest. So we've Blimey. got Team Alundra Blaze, and on on Blaze's team we've got and bear with me here. You've got Kyoko Inui, nice Saki Hazagawa, and Chaparita Asari. Wow, nice. So. Again, yeah, exactly. Who are they? No idea. <laughs> okay, cool. But, but they are they are uh, <laughs> they are the members of Team Alundra Blaze. <laughs> right. Okay, course. and they go up against Team Bertha Fay. <laughs> and on Bertha's team, you've got Aja Kong, Tomoko Watanabe, and Lioness Asuka. All amazing what, what, names. What have they done here? Yeah. So, so we're two matches in. <laughs> And we've got we've got two we've got two matches that we've we've heard zero about. We've had zero build towards any of them. And you don't know most of the wrestlers. And especially with this this contest, I, I have no idea who three quarters who, of the wrestlers. Who three quarters of the Six team of the are. eight wrestlers. <laughs> and you don't get you don't get like any any uh, titles at the bottom telling you who they are. It's just like a lundra wow. blaze, and then they're just following a lundra blazing. I mean, that's shocking. You just expect to know who these people are. Yeah. Yeah, and both of these teams already in the ring. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, I, I mean, there's some wow. gems from this. Well, there's some there's some gems and there's some talking points. But believe me. Anyway, the fin- the finish we get, the finish we get, we get Arya Kong. Uh, she she picks up the victory for her team for so for t- team Bertha Fay come out on top, um, and she she ends up hitting Blaze with like a spinning punch to the face. Um, it looked a little bit botchy. It looked like she absolutely absolutely clubbed. Uh, Alundra straight in the face. It didn't look like she'd uh, she'd held back at all. Um, looked very sketchy, and then th- then she just drops on her as well, like in, like, in a mega splash again. Didn't protect Alundra Blaze. It looked like it. Yeah. She'd knocked the wind out of her. A couple of talking points here. So so obviously t- Team Bertha Fay's picked up the uh, the victory. Right. Right. So first of all, right. So obviously we don't know who who six of the uh, the wrestlers are. Um, and thank God JR was on this match because he clears that up straight away. He tells us that Chaparita Asari is going up against Lioness Asuka, so I know two of them already. Right. Um, but but we get we we get some absolute shocking moments from Vince McMahon here. So <laughs> so so after the after the first elimination, yeah. Vince just pops up and says, "Oh, look who's coming in." <laughs> what? And then, and then pauses because he clearly doesn't know who's coming into the match. <laughs> Check his notes. <laughs> So, so, so then again, JR has to jump in and, and tells us all that it's Tomoko Watanabe's entered. I mean, that sounds like he's just... This is insane, isn't it? He's, he's having an elimination match for the fucking sake of it. So, yeah, you've you got your, your head of company on comms who, haven't, who hasn't a clue what's going on. <laughs> anyway, another Vince, another Vince clanger. So we've got... So, so, so Chaparita Asari, she, she tags back in. And he just he just he just refers to her as this little young lady. No, oh, as, Vince. I, I, honestly, Christ. this little this little young lady that, that's what he leads with. Oh, it's awful. Oh, fuck this me. little young lady. Wow. This so... little young lady. Jesus Christ! 
Sounds like you just didn't need to have this, didn't it? Yeah, yeah well, exactly, exactly, Jim. <laughs> um, but but, but, but then, then we get Mr. Perfect chipping in. He, he drops he drops in and states that uh, these women should be at home making their old man something to eat. Oh, Christ. Oh, dearie me, Jesus come on. So, so I, I mean... Come on, even, even the king wouldn't go there. I mean, well, I've, I've, <laughs> do you know what, Jim? I've, I've, just, I've got that exact note here. You know, oh, the, the, there's, been like a, there's been a heel commentator and we know yeah. that you're, you're yeah. here. To, to, to fill in for Lola, but, but Jesus that, that's Christ. just offensive, isn't it? You know, exactly. Christ <laughs> alive. You can't be chucking statements like, like that out. No, no, that is horrendous what you're doing, you're done. Oh, man. Unbelievable. And then, and then one more from Vince. So Arya Kong, you know, very physical. JR informs us that she's 230 pounds and Vince just refers to her as the big one. Oh, my <laughs> kitty hands. At this point, I, I've just wrote down, Jesus Christ, this is painful. <laughs> Like, like, oh, like, I've only been told once who these wrestlers are, and, I, and I've remembered them. Like, you're sat next oh, to JR. So. He's got he's got a page of notes with him. <clears throat> Just read these fucking notes. Vince, Vince signed the paycheck. I know. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. That's, oh, but anyway, atrocious. anyway, that is terrible. That aside, we, we we get some we get some really nice spots in this match. Yeah. At one point, we get a Sky Twister press that JR informs us, which was like wow. a, a 360 corkscrew from Asari from the top rope, uh, which was a really nice spot. Yeah, yeah. So Watanabe, she, she hits a double-armed suplex that, that's kind of like rolling. Do you like Benoit does his rolling? Yeah, uh, yeah. Belly to yeah. back suplex. Wow. She does that um, <laughs> a couple of times, which which looked really good. Uh, Aya Kong, very physical. She she looked amazing. Bertha Faye wasn't really in, involved, which surprised me, considering she obviously had a, a shot at the, the women's yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. She, the, uh, and it's her team. Yeah, and it's <laughs> her team. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the, uh, the the Japanese con- uh, contingent here, the, the, they put on a show. I, I was really impressed. I, I'd, I'd like to see more of, more of this. So they've got some solid wrestlers in and then just so, completely some, some, absolutely, them some, yeah. some quality wrestling on show and it was just absolutely squashed by Vince McMahon Combs, and uh, Mr. Perfect. Just being offensive. Honestly, I couldn't believe it. I know, no, I know we're like, atrocious. I know we're, we're, you know, 25 years on, but still then, so offensive. From that, we get, we get our first glimpse of fake Bill Clinton of the night. <laughs> I forgot fake Bill Clinton. He sat front row, front row at Survivor Series. <laughs> He's not got a box. Todd Pettingill's at the side of him. Was, was there any secret service with him? Oh, maybe. Oh, I, I'm getting, I'm getting to that, Jib. There, there, there is. <laughs> oh, there you is. Know, you're not going to be disappointed here, right? Anyway, so so Pettingill's and he's he's in the front row with Clinton. He's he's interviewing him, and um, in the background we get Bam Bam Bigelow's pyro that's just gone off, and and this is the cue for the secret service to jump oh, in no. and cover Bill Clinton, oh, thinking it was like a an assassination attempt on the uh, on the president, which it, it did get a chuckle from me, but. Again, how have we been duped by this this Bill Clinton <laughs> Because the, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is up there. My word. So, uh, yeah, fake Bill Clinton, he's in good spirits. But anyway, the next the next match we get, we get Bam Bam Bigelow going up against Goldust. Um, and the, nice. the, finish, the finish we get here... Uh, we get we get Bam Bam. He uh, whips Goldust into the corner. And he tries to, to to hit the splash. You know he yeah, yeah. misses, hits his head on the on the ring post at the back. Goldust bounces off the ropes and then delivers like a running bulldog, and that was enough to get the pinfall. And on the whole, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a poor effort to be honest. Um, I will say Bam Bam Bigelow for a big guy, he, he does work a lot harder than than some of the big guys we mm-hmm, do see. Mm-hmm. He's trying drop kicks and all ends, which is which is good to see for a big lad. But it it was just a damp squib this one. That's disappointing. 
from Goldust walking out of the uh, out of the back to the ring, I counted ten times. Vince said bizarre in that, in that short space of time. So that that was just for the entrance of God knows what we got to by the end of the match. I stopped counting. Oh, amazing. I did make a comment here. Goldust uh, one piece. It looks a lot tighter this uh, this week. I don't know if he's had it in the tumble dryer, but uh, every. Everything was on show. There was uh, nothing left to the imagination. I'll tell you that. Jesus. Uh, you might have to rethink that uh, going forward. You could see his golden nuggets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was all on show. And then the last thing I've, I've, uh, I've made it, I've made a note of here. Uh, just, before we, uh, just before we cut out, Vince refers to him as freaky, which was a, a welcome change. Um, so... <laughs> he fixed it up. Amazing. Yeah, wow, synonym. From there, we go back to the... The American president again. <laughs> Toddster's back with him. This time, Bob Backlund's there as well. So right. we've got Come we've on. got Fate Bill Clinton, Todd Pettingill, and Bob Backlund. <laughs> and then Bob Backlund's not happy here. He's, he's clearly unhappy at something. Um, and it's the the fact that the uh, the American president has not referred to him as Mister Backlund. You know, <laughs> right. and that's what this I whole see. thing, this whole promo was built around. Oh Christ! Uh, he it's... forgot his line. Forgot his lines at one point as well. Backlund. <laughs> It was shocking. It was absolute cobblers. (laughs) And to be fair, we we don't stick around too long because we go into the uh, to to the next contest, which is the dark side. Oh yeah, go on up for this. So we get. So we obviously get. We've got. We've got Undertaker, Fatu, Henry or Godwin, and Savio Vega. Henry or Godwin, don't don't have a place. (laughs) (laughs) What I will say, what what I cracked up here at is. They've all got Undertaker t-shirts. On. <laughs> no, they haven't. <laughs> yeah, like they've won some contest. They've been to the merch stand before they've come out, so they're all wearing Undertaker t-shirts. Just so, just so everyone knows that they're on the t- on Team Dark Side. Oh man! I mean that 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 got a chuckle for me. Um, and they're they're going up against the Royals, so we we know that's the team of uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, bollocks, don't work. Doctor Isaac Yankum DDS, Jerry the King Lawler, <laughs> and King Mabel. Yeah. yeah. So just like the first match with the uh, the underdogs and the body donors, this totally doesn't work either. Clutching at straws, um, team. But yeah, this, this was, in left <laughs> yeah. But this was nice to see. Obviously, you know, after the Undertaker retiring this year at Survivor Series, it was good to, yeah, to go back and, yeah, and, and, uh, back and watch this because he's been out of action, hasn't he, for a, for a couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, so, so, so excited to see how he uh, how he returns here. Yeah, yeah, go on. Good contest. I enjoyed this. I probably say I probably enjoyed this the more purely because of the Undertaker. Yeah, uh, but it, it was a strong contest. The uh, the meat and gravy of it all. But the Undertaker just cleaned house in this. Once he was tagged in, he eliminated every single member of the uh, of the Royals team. Great. He comes in. He, he tombstones uh, Lawler. You know, he get he gets him out of the way. Uh, tombstones Yankum. Eliminates him. Chokeslams Triple H over the over the ropes into the ring. Gets rid of him. And then we're left with obviously Taker and Mabel. Mabel he dishes the uh, the the belly to belly suplex, mm-hmm. hits hits him again, hits Taker again with the the massive leg drop on his face. Yeah, it's and everyone's face. wondering is he re-injured that yeah. broken face? Yeah. <laughs> Mabel's like standing over him, dancing, and you, and you get that classic Undertaker just sit up Brilliant. and like look at him. Brilliant. And from and from that and from that, uh, King Mabel he he, he scarpers, he, he legs it out the rink, and he uh, he's he's counted out. So, so that that was the finish we got there. But it, like what I say, it was, yeah, what a shit bag indeed. So, so that that was it, it was. I mean, it was it was fantastic just yeah, see, just to yeah. see Undertaker there. You know, 
Magnifico, Magnifico, the locals back home would have been chanting after the uh, <laughs> after the performance there. It, it was it was it was sheer entertainment. I did I did enjoy it. Triple H, as ever, fantastic in the ring. Once the hog farmer stepped into the ring, he uh, he scarpered, went straight into the corner, tagged tagged Lawler in. Uh, Lawler Lawler stepped in, took one step forward, and then decided it was best for uh, Doctor Isaac Yankin to get involved. Good entertainment. <laughs> I was I was cracking up at cracking up at Triple H and Lawler through this. It was quality quality uh, comedy on show. There's a moment where. Fatu has a clear opportunity to tag Undertaker in and stupidly just tags in Savio Vega. And you could hear the disappointment in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. What an idiot. What an absolute <laughs> idiot. <laughs> they were begging for him to tag Taker and he just walked straight past him, tagged Vega in. It was just like, what an idiot. Even though he's wearing a T-shirt with him on. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be side-posted. You still couldn't work out who was the star of the show. <laughs> and as I said before, it's just, it's just a... It's just a one-way traffic though from uh, from Undertaker. It was quality, good match, well awesome. done. Awesome, bloody great. Next match, we were on to the wild card match. Okay, so we had we had one team of uh, Owen Hart, Yoko Zuna, Razor Ramon, and Dean Douglas, and they went up against the British Bulldogs, Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, and Ahmed Johnson. Of course, Ahmed. And as a contest, when when they first proposed this a couple of weeks back, I thought they were asking for trouble in terms of mixing the uh, <laughs> mixing the heels and the faces up. But to be honest, it worked really well. I thought I oh, think nice. there was there was loads of different storylines going on within the match, and it, it made it really interesting. Mm. Um, I mean, the length of the match was was just under half an hour, but it didn't seem like it didn't feel like that. It didn't mm. seem like that. So Good. it was interesting. It was entertaining. Okay, so the finish we got, we had we had the Bulldog, we had Ahmed Johnson, and we had HBK left on one side, and then we had Yokozuna on the opposition as the lone member. Um, so Ahmed he picks he picks Yokozuna up again into the uh, into the power slam, you know, mm-hmm. position and hold. Uh, delivers that didn't look as clean as last time, a little bit sloppy this time. Right. Um, goes for the pinfall, but this time for some reason Bulldog he interrupts the uh, interrupts the pin, obviously with the. Uh, affiliation with Yokozuna and, and Jim Cornette but he, he's quickly dealt with HBK and Ahmed even though again on the same on the same team mm. they double clothesline Bulldog he goes to the outside Ahmed Johnson picks Yokozuna up off the uh, off the canvas holds him and then HBK delivers a, a switch in music nice Yokozuna hits the canvas and then and then we get a big splash from Ahmed Johnson and that gets great the 1-2-3 a couple of talking points Owen Hart HBK great in the ring absolutely quality chemistry from, from both of those um, I mean, we have slated Shawn Michaels, but he's in ring ability. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he just he just enhances anyone. You know, he's in the ring with his knee. And Owen Hart, great, great, uh, great tactician as well. The, the the moments from them too was 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 quality. I did enjoy that. We had Ahmed sexualizing the uh, power slam this week, Jim. So we had the oh, spine buster last week. I was going to power slam this did. week. I was going to ask you if he uh, made any unnecessary gestures after hitting a move, and there, there's there's the answer. There we go. So that 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 happened. Um, Jim Cornette at one point, he uh, he's hit with the uh, the tennis racket. HBK slaps him on the backside with the uh, with a sheaf. So he's he's been served a little bit of his own medicine there. Oh. You had eight men in the ring, or you had obviously eight men around the ring, and you, you had three three managers as well. So it was kind of chaos, a bombardment at one yeah. point. It was like a words Wally puzzle. You know, there's just so many. So, <laughs> So many people. Like, if you were there, wa- if you were there watching it, like, trying to get a glimpse of the ring, yeah, it would have been really, be at? Yeah. really hard to see. There was a time when I was just looking at Yoko Zuna and just thinking, like, he's so bad, isn't he, in the ring? Like, it, it's just, it just epitomises, you know, Vince McMahon's idea of like bigger is better, isn't it? At this time, right. shocking. Um, 
you know, people have to work so hard in the ring with him. It's unbelievable. I enjoyed this. I thought it was, it was, it was, it was a good match. And I, I did have my, I did have my my worries at the beginning um, in terms of, you know, heels and faces mixing. But yeah, enjoyed it. Totally enjoyed it. From this though, we go back to fake Bill Clinton again. What's uh, he doing this that? time, this time he's got Sonny on his lap. Oh dear. Uh, so we, so we, so we know where this oh is heading. Um, oh no. <laughs> So 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 we so again we've got the Todster Todsters interviewing Fate Bill Clinton. Sonny's on the lap. He's got a he's got a a box of popcorn in one hand and he he spills oh, some popcorn dear. down. No. And then makes makes a comment about he'd lo- he'd love her to oh, God. he'd love Sonny to be his undersecretary. Oh, you know, it, we, we knew where this was going, didn't we? When yeah, it when, we did. when it went on screen, but uh, Jesus Christ. yeah, this is the la- this is the last sighting we get of, uh, of of Fate Bill Clinton. Thank God he's done for the night now. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go out! But yeah. <laughs> Last match on the card. Now we've got the uh, the main event, the heavyweight title match between Bret Hart and Diesel. And again, a little bit of a plug from the co- for the comms team. You know, they're doing the best to big up Diesel. They're saying how many people he's jackknifed and how physically he is. <laughs> and again, it's just why are you, why are you doing this now? Like do this last week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows you that like this could have been such a like a. A much better worked match. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been. I think it's been sloppy, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think Bret Hart and Diesel have have done enough for uh, for this going going uh, going forward uh, from from Raw to to, to the uh, pay per view. So the finish we get. So we've had we've had Bret Hart. He, he's gone down. You know the traditional route of you know you, you sabotage the big guy by just going for his knee. So he's still he, he, he's he's gone through that all the way through the through the contest. Mm. Um. So so what's happened is. The finish. Bret Hart's been on the edge of the apron. Diesel's bumped into him, and then he's he's hit the table uh, on the outside. Looked great. Um, straight into the Spanish announce team. First, first <laughs> oh, chance. The lads. First chance I got to see the lads being uh, absolutely decimated. <laughs> limbs everywhere. Absolutely bodies. Lost limbs all over the shop. Yeah, lost limbs. Good to see. Um, and it looked it looked brutal to be honest. Brett Brett sold this really really well. Yeah, the, nice. There was a He's massive so good, gasp man. in the audience. You could see everyone just like pausing. Yeah, just to, amazing. Just to check if everything was okay. Um, and from that, Diesel rolls him back in. He's uh, he's, he's signalling for the the jackknife. Mm. But during this stalling, um, Brett takes this opportunity to, to to roll Diesel up and get the one two three. <laughs> right, fucking hell, steals one. Once that's finished, so we obviously we got we got Bret Hart as the new heavyweight champ. Yeah, nice. Uh, Diesel, he's not he's not clearly unhappy with this. Grabs uh, Bret, jackknifes him. We get you know four or five referees from the back coming down. I don't know why. You know Diesel's seven feet tall, three hundred pounds. What are these lads going to do? <laughs> so that they they are dealt with straight away. Diesel just swats these left, right, and centre. Picks Bret up again, jackknifes him again one more time. Turns to the crowd and shouts, "I'm back!" So obviously signifying the you know the heel change. Yeah, he um, is. and I think it's needed to be honest. Yeah. You know, we, we said Diesel's Diesel's gimmick is getting a bit tired uh, at the moment as well. He tosses the belt onto Brett, and then he uh, he leaves to uh, an absolute shower of booze raining in from the crowd. So overall, I I enjoyed Survivor Series. So I'd say verdicts out of ten, I'd give it a solid solid seven. Good. We've gone from hey, we've gone, from, seven. Can't gone from a three out of ten with the uh, in your house last last month. So done very well. Blimey! Well, let's see what the fallout was on Raw the following night. 
We kick off with a Survivor Series still frame with audio recap. It looked pretty good for a recap. And then Vince says, then Diesel lost it. Cue a recap of the audio of Vince saying, Diesel's lost it. Perfect timing. Comedy slapstick. Well done, Vince. (laughs) We're in the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. Coming up, we've got Owen Hart versus the most Brazilian superstar in the world today. HBK Shawn Michaels. That's happening tonight. Can't wait. We then get a spitting image Ted DiBiase lookalike right behind the comms team of Vincent King at the table. They give us a recap of the debacle between Razor Sid and the 123 Kid special guest ref taking DiBiase's money, heel turn, burying Razor, that cobbler's. So I assume we're going to see more of that play out tonight. They hate the thought of anybody not knowing exactly what has happened. Everything has to be recapped to the nth degree. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's the Monday night recap every fucking time. Oh, me, man. Did you, uh, did, you, did you not think Vince was a whole new decibel level this, this week? Oh, Liam, Liam, we'll get to that later. There, is, there was a trigger <laughs> where he goes stratospheric, even for Vince. It's unbelievable. But yes, to answer your question, yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> we see the one, two, three kid embrace Ted DiBiase backstage and he's beaming. He doesn't look in the least bit heelish. Jesus fucking Christ. This kid look evil for a bit. Match one. Hakushi is in the ring. Get in. He looks crackin' here with his tattoos and I love Hakushi. King says the kid has had delusions of adequacy for so long. It's absolutely fantastic. Lovely. <laughs> what a line from King. But it was like a coming out party for him last night. It's great. Well done, King. Akushi's opponent arrives, accompanied by Ted DiBiase. And it is said, one, two, three, kid. Should be a good match, this. Let's see just how evil the kid can be. Follow up from last night as well, isn't it? Perfect. And, you know, of the two you want to see going at it, it is these two, isn't it? Bloody hell, this is going to be good. We kick off and no sooner than we do, we've got another pointless and distracting phone interview. But at least it's Razor Ramon this time. <laughs> Cracked up at this. <laughs> and he's telling Vincent King that the 123 kid sold him out. But he's not a crybaby, so forget about that. Then he proceeds to moan about it, just like a crybaby would. And that he's coming for the 123 kid, and he knows the 123 kid does better than most just how bad Razor Ramon can be. I will... I I will give him some extra credit here, Razor, because instantly, almost as soon as he said hello, he says McMahon, which I love. It's perfect. And then he signs (laughs) off the phone call by saying, adios, McMahon. Fantastic. Standing ovation, (laughs) Razor. Two in one interview. Well played, sir. Yeah, he calls the one, two, three kid a stick stick man at one point as well. Yeah, I I enjoyed that one. Little man, stick man and small change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. What a legend. Should have won wrestler of the year. Yeah, I think this was the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think this is the best uh, phone call of, of the phone call matches. Oh, yeah, by yeah, a, oh, yeah, I agree. By a distance, by a distance. We had some cracking rope running action from the lads, smooth as a buttered windscreen, until Vince totally distracts me and says that Hakushi's rapidly becoming Americanized as far as his tastes are concerned. What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Well done, Barry Horowitz. Yes, is it? Just eats burgers now. <laughs> <laughs> like Vince, right? Have you been bribed by cultural attaché Barry Horowitz to justify his money for old rope side hustle here, right? As Hakushi sends the kid to the mat with an arm drag into an arm bar, Vince says that this supposed, and I must point out, evidence devoid claim of Americanization is indeed down to old Bazza. What is going on here? Is any, does any of you lot know what this is? What's he referencing here? No idea. I, maybe it's that time he played fucking uh, karate fighters. Just... <laughs> well, it has to be. <laughs> 
then who should slowly jog down the gangway with a couple of refs slowly jogging behind him in a lacklustre attempt to stop him interrupting the action slowly as his awful mullet tails behind him. It's only a tassel-free Marty Jannetty in his street clobber, a naughty leather jacket, black jeans and a blue and white bowling shoes, it looks like. Did he look cool? Uh, <laughs> yeah. might, I know you pointed out. <laughs> he pointed out how um, he was a bit lacklustre running through the ring but like, oh, it was geological pace pedestrian if you think about it if you think about it come on oh, it's obvious Here we go. he's only going at that speed a fraction of his full speed a, a, ve- <laughs> a, a very small fraction of his full speed to allow Earl Hebner and his mate to try and keep up with him I it? see he was being he was being magnanimous again cause yes, he was right he was. Come, like on. come on, on. <laughs> I made note here as well Jim that a uh, he looks a million times better in this clobber than the uh, than the tassels that he uh, he's usually uh, the wearing. The pom pom. Yeah, I can, t- I, can, I can take him serious for once. <laughs> he looks he looks a badass. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> It did look great. Anyway, we head to a break. <laughs> and when it we come back, great. Marty is nowhere to be seen. Oh, we see the X-Pac vintage mid-kick, mid-kick, spinning back kick combo under the corner-stricken Hakushi, who then falls forward in the canvas as Ted DiBiase prowls at ringside. Vince tells us Diesel's on the way to the arena. Blimey, Big D on Raw. We don't see that very often. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> The kid's spinning wheel kick is telegraphed by Akushi, who catches it, but then the kid counters with an enziguri that flattens him. Great stuff. Really well sold. Then we get some karate kid posing arm moves from the kid. You can see he's dying to do the DX crotch chops, but they don't exist yet. Akushi mounts a bit of a comeback, but as he builds up steam and whips the kid into the ropes to plant him with a drop kick, the kid locks his arm around the top rope and halts himself, meaning Hakushi's attack misses and he eats a back bump for his troubles. Kid follows up with an elbow for a two count. Then a body drop and some more taunting as he holds his fingers aloft and does a Peter K dad run to the corner before hopping up the top rope and delivering a frog splash that Vince tells us will be enough for the win. But no, Hakushi obviously then kicks out as Vince had removed the peril. A double knockdown then Hakushi starts in Vince's words winning the war of the martial arts well that's, that's a, it's a bizarre time to drop that line in Vince we're halfway through the match but okay should have built that I'd have paid for the war of the martial arts then a cartwheel back elbow into a flying forearm off the ropes puts Hakushi in control much to the crowd's delight and it gets him a two and three quarter count and he heads up top delivers another flying forearm for another two then a back body drop and a super kick sends the kid to the outside he heads up top again ready to leap outside onto the kid but DiBiase throws him down on the canvas and Jerry remarks on comms how clumsy Hakushi is to have fallen from the top <laughs> cracking shithousery well done Jerry Back into the ring goes the kid and a lovely, weighty feeling spinning wheel kick connects and gets the kid the win. Good match. We're then treated to a close-up of the kid getting his payment from DBSE for winning said match. (laughs) And holy hair rollers, Batman, the kid's massive perm up close on a close-up shot. It's crackers. He looks like the fucking Dulux dog. (laughs) Have you seen this? (laughs) 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 What's happened here? Yeah, it was a bit crazy. What what stood out to me was um like you mentioned when he gets his money from Horowitz at the end uh, sorry from Horowitz from Diviasi at the end. Yeah. Pocket money. And he's like, yeah, well yeah, he's showing it off to the crowd like he's like he's, you know, some kind of he's he's got the vast riches of some kind of fucking shake or something. There's like three three notes there at most. <laughs> maximum three hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, maximum. Yeah. It's kinda of like no one could ever imagine this amount of money. Yeah, but he's, he's he's had his eye on a catapult now, Jim, and he's, 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 
he can finally get that catapult, so that's why he's, he's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> what a joker. After a break, we're back ringside with the king, ready to interview DiBiase and the kid. Mercifully, DiBiase does the talking. He and kid get superheat from Jim by taunting Janetti, who returns sans refs. What happened there? Did he batter them? Uh, they grabbed him, took him out, and he's just come jogging back from the same place. Like, did they get as bored with him as Liam and I do, right? And just went, oh, fucking do what you like, Marty, do what you like. And they took him back to the back, and he's just come jogging out the same place again. He just ran full speed this time. Uh, did, right. you when, um, did you notice when... Did you notice when... Uh, when when Diviasi mentions the Survivor Series, he's saying how he's transformed uh, the one two three kid, he's made him better. And all this, he says that he got helped him get the win at the Survivor Series and yeah. all these kind of things. And then kids uh, at the Survivor, he goes at the Survivor Series, and the kind of a kid kind of leans into the mic and shouts, "I won!" And he sounds really surprised about it. <laughs> Can you believe it? I won. Me. <laughs> Dead right. It was shocking. Way to prove to everyone you're not a kid. (laughs) Oh, phenomenal. What an idiot. Psycho Sid also enters and then attacks Janetti. Sick of him. Before he can get to the kid. Sid powerbombs Janetti on the outside, which looked nasty. Brilliant. Really well done. Yeah, good good spot that. Yeah, cracking. And then gives a short, shouty, sweaty promo, does Sid, saying, (laughs) that's what you get, and then goes off. How's he got that sweaty that quickly? He's only been here for three (laughs) seconds. He's very angry, though, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he's, he's furious. He's psychotic. Just making the kid look, look stupid again, do you know what I mean? He can't yeah. defend it. I, I know, I know, and granted, most people couldn't handle themselves against Janetti, but visually, if you were just <laughs> right. tuning into this programme the first time and you saw the kid and Janetti, who have similar yeah. physical, you know, build, yeah. you'd be thinking, what the kid needs, this big, massive guy, stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone exactly. like this, exactly the same size as him from beating him up. <laughs> 30 seconds ago he was acting surprised that he won a match yeah. and then now he's got oh, he's, he's, someone beating up he's the, the king of self-burial this lad isn't he it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. every week it just gets worse <laughs> and worse I know I mean I, could, I, I, was, I was picturing your face during this uh, gym the, ho- oh. the horror the horror you must have been going through <laughs> that scumbag DiBiase seeing Janetti Janetti jumped by when he was holding back the refs DiBiase I was I was going mental I was Fucking vile human being. <laughs> anyway, we're interrupted by Doc Hendricks, live from Nelson Mandela House, ready to Del Boy us some more crap. He does a Survivor Series recap and then plugs the next pay-per-view. Give us a minute, Doc. It's fucking ages away. In your house on December the 17th. Come on, mate. Anyway, um, we find that uh, Bret Hart will face off against his brother-in-law, the British Bulldog, who then gives us a promo alongside Jim Cornette. Uh, this is a pretty poor promo because Jim Cornette doesn't get to speak. We get a shot of the 92 uh, SummerSlam match as well, don't we? Of course we do. Just in, just in case we, we, we've forgotten <laughs> how, uh, that, how, that, how that ended. So. Bulldog, it was three years ago, mate. You can't keep dining out on that. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this terrible promo, Bulldog says, he bets that Bret Hart right now has butterflies <laughs> in his stomach. I don't know what his accent is. It's unbelievable. He then calls Hershey Park, Pennsylvania, where the pay-per-view is going to be, a scumhole of the earth, which is a new one to me, but fair enough. And next... (laughs) (laughs) Next, he laughs... Oh, I don't know. Next, he laughs at his brother-in-law for saying he's the best there is, the best there was, etc. But turns his head as he's doing so, like this. So he, keeps, he does it a few times that so it's really permanently, permanently off mic, right? And you can just see <laughs> poor Jim Cornette, who deserves better. You can see his face is going, just turn your head towards the fucking microphone on the left-hand side, you pillock. Oh, I can imagine how many times you go, this is not what we practice. This is not what we practice. <laughs> <laughs> 
we have trouble understanding him being from the same country. Oh, yeah, eight hundred percent. If you're it's... if you're doing that, like shaking your head, <laughs> so you become inaudible. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what like, are you doing? Give him a chance, mate. I know. <laughs> what are you doing? Cornet should have got the uh, tennis rack out of there and just smashed him on the head over. <laughs> what an idiot! So that would have been a sublime. Problem. You never talk in public again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, we get a cutaway to Diesel arriving at the arena and rudely barging two people out of the way <laughs> in the door. What a dick move. I know you're a heel now, Diesel, but come on, mate. That's just, that's just rude. He's joined by his mate HBK, who's clearly just come from a sale at Pleatherworld. Back to the arena, and we've got the body donners, not the full team, just the two of them this time, in the ring after a break. And we've got Skip with Sonny taking on Savio Vega. As Vega enters, he high-fives the mayor of merchandise, Barry Didinsky, who's roped four poor lasses into helping him flog an awful, awful stenciled with a WWF logo denim jacket. There's four of them in total, including Barry. He's got a design for each. There's four different versions. One for Undertaker, one for HBK, one for Diesel, and I hope never to hear or see these monstrosities again. Hang on a second, Eastie. <laughs> Go on. He leads off with saying, this is Undertaker's denim jacket. <laughs> I mean, if I rock down to the chapel arrest, <laughs> is, that the, is that the official work clobber? Of everyone in the funeral parlour, <laughs> just, just denim jackets. Chapel arrest. With their own face on with the back. Their, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, that's what he leads off with. He, say, he says, he says, this is Undertaker's denim jacket. Like he's, I mean, like that's he's... criminal. I missed that. I was, I, was so tra- I was so transfixed trying to see what these things were, right? So, they were, so they're, they're just like denim jackets, right? In regular denim yeah. blue colour yeah. with a bit all of stencils. The same, yeah. All the same, with a bit of stencil. <laughs> like really bad, like, you know, pretty, you know, already, I can go, that's already looking faded now. After two washes, <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be disappeared, right? And then they oh, all yeah. turn round and on the back they've got a, they've, they've got a Jimmy Hart style mural of whoever they're talking about. Well, that's what they've done. They've got yeah, it they <laughs> they from Jimmy Hart. I've got a couple of lines here, but they've stolen it from Jimmy Hart. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> <That's> absolutely bastards. <laughs> oh, awful, Gimmick awful, infringement. Absolutely $60 a go as well. <laughs> I know, $60. And the worst part, though, they're only available in sizes adult, medium to XXL. So these aren't even for kids. It's adults who are going to be walking around with, like, HBK <laughs> on their back. Are you shitting me? Who's doing that? Anyway, sorry. Enough time spent on that bullshit. Into the ring and we start off with the two lads trading pretty slick stuff as Sonny screeches in delight or worry depending on what's happening to Skip. Vega starts to take control with some chops in the corner then a hip toss and then throws Skip out as Diesel arrives. He's come down the gangway. He stands ringside, batters Skip a bit, no DQ. Yeah, bonkers, bonkers. Really threw me this. I mean, they were, they, they, were, they were ready to DQ Henry Godwin last week for just trying to bring a slot bucket in. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel's just levering people left, right and centre yeah. and they're just okay with that. No DQ, nothing happens. Um, Diesel then grabs a mic while the ref just allows this and doesn't start <laughs> counting Skip out. Right? It's completely flummoxed me. What I, a shout. Is, is he just allowed to, to come out and start talking with the fucking a match going on here? Yeah, apparently, happened? yeah. Well, apparently He's so. trying to look all mean and nasty wearing his bum bag. I was I just... <laughs> I'm laughing this, Diesel. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're going to be the hardest man in the fucking building. Take that fucking bum bag off. What was going on here? The referee just did sod all. Literally. They just all stood and watched and went, okay. And then they walked off halfway through. Yeah, they just right fucked off. Just fucked well, this off. Is going, this is going on for a while. Might as well go. <laughs> this was the one time where I was praying for the uh, WCW bell ringer. <laughs> 
because they would have sorted this out oh, straight yeah. away. <laughs> Incessant, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, so Diesel's got a mic and he says that he thinks most people are wondering where his head is at. He then says he slept like a baby for the first time in a year last night. And when he woke up, he looked in the mirror and do you know what he saw? He saw a smile on his face. And he said he hasn't done that for a year either. Well, bullshit. I've seen him smile when he's been pissing around with the two dudes with attitude with HBK. Yeah. That's a lie. Not having that one. He said he did it because he's no longer a corporate puppet that Vince decided to create. It got to be a bit serious here, didn't it? When did. he's revealing that Vince is the, uh, you know... Yeah. The booker. The curtain pulled back, you're right. And we cut to Vince looking chastised and glum on commentary going, something's happened here. He talks a bit more about the marketing and merchandising suits. He wanted to make him smile a bit more and wanted him to be more politically correct. And then we get the highlight of my Monday Night Scores viewing career to date. Oh, yeah. We cut to the crowd. There's a mix of cheers and boos for Diesel. Probably more of the former, but one guy, a man in his 20 or 30s, probably, is a man in a Dan Marino Miami Dolphins jersey over a white polo neck. He is furiously throwing his thumb down <laughs> in disgust at Diesel. As the camera pans and we see more of him, we see him take up most of the screen and we can read his lips to see what he's shouting as he's throwing his thumbs down in a booing motion. And he says this. You dick! You <laughs> dick! <laughs> At Diesel. <laughs> 26 minutes and 20 seconds into the show on the WWE Network. Please go and watch it because Angry Fan Marino is now my favourite fan ever. Superb. <laughs> Back to Big D, who says the only things that matter to him now are his family, his friends, and that includes you, Shawn Michaels. Who was in any doubt of that? Who was in any doubt? Back to the ring, and the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, is in the ring as HBK's music hits and Vince goes into overdrive again. Yeah, it's cl- it's like climax here for him. This, this is unbelievable. Was, this is unreal. If everyone in life could just find someone who talks about you the way Vince McMahon talks about Shawn Michaels, the world would be a much better place. (laughs) Because Vince says this, as HBK's sexy boy theme hits, Vince comes full Vince. Richmond is on fire! Then, (laughs) then, (laughs) listen to this diversity crowd! Right, fine, right. There's been been a limited pop for Michaels here, a bit of a pop, but not like, we're not going ballistic. Uh... And he goes, and then just after a while, just, he just says this, Sean Michaels. No comment. <laughs> then, Mr. Electricity. And then what sounds like? <laughs> Mr. Clairvoyance. He's clairvoyant. He's clairvoyant. <laughs> and then the inevitable, Mr. Brazilian. <laughs> and then just tops it off with a, Hoya. And then we're finished. <laughs> Go and listen. I promise you. It's... I thought he was having a stroke at one point. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It was like Dude. next level, next level. From Mr. Clairvoyant, uh, Mr. Brazilian, Hoya. Oh, yeah. He did. He didn't like once take a take a breath, did he? <laughs> no, it's, it's unbelievable. Sean claps the crowd as we get underway. He looks absolutely jacked here, Sean. He has been on the weights since the Syracuse incident, hasn't he? <laughs> anyway, we kick <laughs> off. Never at get l- jumped again. <laughs> He's never getting jumped again. While the Vince, you know, excitement's going on, I just <laughs> I, how awful this fucking entrance is. I, in, in what way? <laughs> in what way is all the lasses wanting to shag Sean Michaels conducive to him being capable of winning wrestling matches? Like, Don't understand. I, no. Yeah. 
What is it? I know. He, I don't get it. He's just a sexy boy, and therefore <laughs> he'll he'll win. I edit to me, doesn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, the the, the the whole like suggestive routine he, he does, doesn't he, when he comes down? It is abysmal. I worry that he's going to forget where he is, and like the pants will come off. <laughs> like I'm always praying, like he remembers where he is, and then like great, like, we've got we've got trousers still on. It is. It's naughty, isn't it? It's so absolutely. Naughty. It's horrendous. We kick off at lightning pace, rope sprinting, not rope running. Owen gets the better of the initial exchanges, though I'm half expecting them to accelerate into like a Tasmanian devil cloud of limbs and whirlwinds. But instead, Shawn Michaels is sent to the canvas with a shoulder block that gets Owen a quick two count. Then the same again. How fast is El Hebra counting these two? Uh, rapid. Yeah, there's a few counts and he's got bang, bang. He's yeah. got the one, two, three kid the other week. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be away, you know. He wants to be out. Oh, amazing. This rapid-fire sequence ends with a third and final two-count after a headlock takeover from Owen. Sean stops the rot with a head-scissors submission, from which the lads swap lovely bridge reversals and then a flurry of hip tosses, back-body drops, and finally a cracking-looking drop kick from HBK that sends Owen out over the top to the outside for a regroup with Jim Cornette. When Owen returns, he whips HBK into the ropes, attempts a leapfrog, which Sean clocks, stops, and performs a lovely standing hurricane rana into a mounted position from which he pummels Owen until Earl Hebner breaks him up with a DQ count. Owen dodges and reverses an HBK clothesline and sends Sean to the outside, which he follows up with a lovely baseball slide that floors HBK as Mr. Fuji waves his Japanese flag to celebrate the Canadian Owen Hart getting the upper hand on the American Sean Michaels. Clear? (laughs) (laughs) That that, that baseball slide was... uh, was Fantastic, wasn't it? On paper, a baseball slide should be, you know, just... You shouldn't be impressed by that, but the connection, it's, it was Pair brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliantly sold, brilliantly executed. Great entertainment from both. Correct. A suplex back into the ring is reversed by Sean, but Owen reverses his reversal into a bridging dragon suplex for a two-count. They're just showing off now, these lads, honestly. Lovely stuff. It is stuff. absolutely fucking amazing, isn't it? Hart starts to dominate with some beautifully executed, weighty-looking moves we've come to expect from him, culminating this sequence with a gorgeous suplex, followed by a headlock on the canvas. HBK hooks up out of this submission, but his escape is thwarted as he runs into a spinning wheel kick to the face, causing Jerry Lawler to quip, calling Dr. Yankum, calling Dr. Yankum. The lads continue back and forth for a while. Trader moves. Honestly, could watch these two doing it all day. Owen gets the upper hand, sets HBK up for a superplex, but on the way down, Sean reverses it into a crossbody that gets him another two count. Looked slick as you like. Both men are down after a knackered HBK flying forearms heart. But though Owen is up first, Sean does the kick up to his feet, which the crowd loves, and he body slams Owen, heads to the top, and plants a huge macho man-style elbow. Only gets him a two absurdly HBK hurls Owen sternum first into the opposite turnbuckle and starts tuning up the band here we go Owen knows what he's doing though and grabs hold of the ropes from the corner and will not come out to accept the sweet chin music HBK then drags him out by his leg when Owen reverses it into an enziguri and both men are down again this has got like a pay-per-view feel to it this match the best part of the wildcard match was the uh, HBK Owen Hart uh, sequence um, I didn't realise how good Owen Hart like, was, yes, and, you know, in terms of he's always he's always looked on the outside as like a, a solid kind of mid carder, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but he, he he's, uh, he's he's providing you know all the bumps, all the spots from the uh, from the last two times we've seen yeah, him. Quality all again. Look great, all look great. He did right. 
Owen tries to set up the sharpshooter, but HBK pokes him in the eye to reverse. And Jerry rightfully says, what a cheater. Yeah, call it out, Jerry. You're dead right. It doesn't, Vince can't be calling it out with all the heels and then say nothing when his love of his life, Shawn Michaels, does it. The lads are back up. Michaels then clotheslines Owen out. Crowd goes wild, but not as wild as Vince as Shawn taunts in the middle of the ring. But then Shawn collapses. He remains face down, unmoving, as Earl Hebner kicks his feet. The medical check for consciousness, as we know. Owen Hebner watches. is absolutely first class yeah. in this segment. He's absolutely quality here. It's great. Oscar winning worthy performance from Hebner. <laughs> Hebner is unbelievable. Owen watches on the outside, confused, as Jim Cornette gives him some advice before clambering back into the ring. But Earl Hebner keeps him in the corner. And then Earl heads outside of the ring looking really alarmed and sounds some kind of alarm that I've never heard in wrestling before. Vince gets into the ring as we head into a break. This is serious stuff. And when we return, the EMTs attending to Sean, who's rolled over and has had an oxygen mask placed on his face. Did you get the bit before where um, Hebner, when he's when he's doing the old kick in the feet and he's you go around checking everybody and he, he kind of drops down on one knee next to Shawn Michaels? And he starts. He's made the. He's made own heart. Jim Cornette stays in that corner. And he gets right down next to Shawn Michaels, right in his fucking log hole. And he goes, Sean, Sean, screams <laughs> six inches from the bloke. So yeah, like obviously, this is some kind of kayfabe collapse from Shawn Michaels. It did not wrong with him until this point when it's clearly had some fucking hearing damage inflicted upon him. Yeah. Perforated eardrum. Yeah. Oh, the mics around the ring picked it up clear as day. So how loud must it be in fucking Michael's ear? Unbelievable. It's a fog on heb horn. Unbelievable. What do you make? What did you make of this? Oh, this is terrible. This, this went on for ages. I, I can I can understand that if you was in the in the arena, I can understand obviously like yeah this happening because you, you don't really you can't obviously get a really good no. up close uh, view of what's going on, but. As a viewer, the way he just went down. I mean, oh, it was it was so bad. It was it was cheesy, cheesy. It was gym levels of acting with holding his head and wandering around a bit, and then collapsing on fought, his front. He fought last yeah, night at Survivor sure. Series. If there's if there was any concerns, he wouldn't have fought last night at Survivor I know, Series. Exactly. I know. I know. And it's made even worse by the fact we get a double feature replay of Sean's not so Oscar worthy taunt and collapse with no commentary yeah. because King's now ringside as well, adding gravitas to it um, and he's there King asking Vince what to do as Sean stays in the middle surrounded by EMTs oxygen on his face and with that we're out So that was the November the 20th, 1995 edition of WWF Monday Night Raw. But what did we make of it? Jim, what were your Raw ratings builders? I'm going to say the one that uh, everyone else is going to say, I would imagine, builder number one. Owen Harvey, Shawn Michaels. Uh, everything prior to the, the, the finish was, was phenomenal stuff. And I, I think they need to get more of this. More of this needs to be on Raw. None of that fuck. No messing about with jobbers. No messing about with... <laughs> yeah. Lethargic shit matches with fucking Mabel and Sermo. More of this, please. <laughs> Sold. Sermo. <laughs> Building number two. <laughs> Giving the one, two, three kid a mouthpiece in the shape of that vile, vile, disgusting man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, this, it's a double builder. It's a double builder in the sense, because obviously now the kid's got someone to fucking do the promos for him. She was horrendous at them. And 
I also cannot wait to see DBS get his comeuppance in the next few weeks when my Jeanette gets a hold of him. And <laughs> Jesus. And uh, build a three. They'll be hell to pay. They really will. They really will. I would not like to be either of those two. The, the day after, that Tuesday morning when they both woke up, I wouldn't like to be either of DBS or the one, two, three kids. Oh, um, God. Uh, build a number three. Is for his for his absolutely outstanding performance. I feel this had this episode fallen before the uh, New Year's Honours list. I would have been pushing to get some kind of a some kind of best dramatic performance <laughs> award in there because this was just great. Earl Hebner, he <laughs> was the star of the show. I thought an un, un, unspoken star of the show. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, Leo. What were your raw ratings builders? Okay, builder number one for me, it was obvious this week on Raw, um, without doubt, the Owen Hart and Shawn Michaels uh, match. I commented about the chemistry between these two um, on the run-through of Survivor Series. It was another stellar show again. Absolute silk from both. Great to watch. Shame about the ending. It would have been nice to get like a, a clean finish between the two. But nevertheless, great entertainment overall. So, so well done, Raw. Builder number two, I'm going to go for the surprising. I'm going to go for one, two, three, kid. That is surprising. Lost Liam giving some praise to one, two, three, kid. Wow. I can't believe I'm doing this. Never I've, been, I've been his biggest critic over the uh, the past couple of weeks. But <laughs> like like you like you pointed out last week, uh, Steve, I think this 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 heel change now yeah. has done wonders for him. Yeah, I think agreed. it's it's opened all kinds for him now. And uh, Jim mentioned with, with DiBiase on the mic as well now. He's not going to get lost in these uh, these stupid promos anymore. <laughs> Number three on the builders, I've got I've got to point it out, but we we had no jobbers on Raw for the uh, Jesus, you're right. I didn't for the even first think. week in a long time. Yeah, it's a red letter. Um, it really is. We had we had we had none of the jobbers that we've seen. I mean, they're, they're knackered, aren't they? They, they need they need a well deserved <laughs> couple of weeks off. These lads, they've worked overtime. They've been carrying Mabel's throne and. <laughs> featuring every week so so good luck to him uh, having a couple of weeks off well deserved up. rest well earned so that was that was good to see so yeah no jobbers this week and that made the, uh, the, the the last builder slot brilliant stuff my builder number one Hakushi and the one two three kids match entertaining some lovely stuff on show from both lads and I thought they worked so well together as a as a, as a dynamic the crowd really got behind Takushi which is cracking um, and really got, got against the kids good cricket all round build number two Owen and Sean you've all said it totally agree a very very good match this ending aside the shithouse ending was made all the more painful by the quality of the action running up to it and builder number three, angry fan Marino. Fans and their reactions make all the difference and can turn a good match into a great one. Especially when the wrestlers feed off them and it directly affects the action or the pacing and they feed from the crowd and take their cues. This bloke did none of that. It just really, really tickled me. Builder number three. Jim, give us your raw ratings killers. Yeah, I kick off with, with Diesel. I didn't like the way he could just walk out and end a match and just pick up the microphone and start talking. Didn't really like... His promo. No. Didn't really like the way he referred to Vince as being like the man in charge. It seemed a bit too real in the in the Kings of McCarthy and wrestling. Yeah. Like a bit too break from what they're kind of doing <laughs> yeah. on a regular basis. And I didn't like, as I said earlier, I didn't like the way he pretended to be the hardest man in Richmond, Virginia with that carrying a bull back around. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Killer number two. 
one completed match on the card. Yeah, only yeah, three matches in total, and only one of them managed to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's pretty poor, isn't it? It is. And it wasn't like these matches were curtailed because, like, for the sake of building up some tasty angles. Do you know what I mean? It was <laughs> no. just, just all around poor. Yeah, and <laughs> killer number three is the is the apparent curse of the WF Championship. Why did they keep disappearing? <laughs> so you got it. <laughs> Bret Hart just won the belt. <laughs> one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year why is he not on telly live the next day celebrating yeah, with yeah. it making it you know a big thing of it yeah and then you've got Diesel saying he's relieved to have lost the title again like I mentioned Corson is lucky relieved he can, he can be on telly again now <laughs> <laughs> he's lost the season working short yeah exactly <laughs> earn his paycheck <laughs> <laughs> but he was relieved amazing stuff oh, Liam same question to you what were your raw ratings killers at the top of the killers board it has to be Diesel I did point out on on the uh, on the Survivor Series run through. It was a great idea from WWF to freshen the character up. I'm yep. all for that. You know, turn him heel, great. Um, but that doesn't mean he has to just ruin everything on the <laughs> next episode of Raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that he's a bad person. You know, he's this really nasty side to him now. But come on, like. Yeah, he, he was walking into people on his entrance into the building. <laughs> he he came out in the in the Skip Savio Vega match. Didn't get that interruption. Loads of spiel about the company. Got very political for some reason. And then what I didn't get is then he walked into the back and then high five the the company's biggest uh, face. And you're supposed to be like this nasty person. Now you're going on a nasty streak. Give over, Diesel. <laughs> I'm not buying that for one second. Atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Number two. Again, similar to Jim, uh, I've just gone for disruption because there was too much of it this week. Um, we had Janetti, yeah. Psycho Sid in the first match, Diesel, as I've just pointed out, in the second match, and then we had the stoppage in the in, in the third match. So too much, too much of that this week. And then number three, I've I've gone for the Skip and Savio Vega contest because I, I just don't know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's criminal. Yeah, they just they just walked off into the back like it was okay that the diesel had interrupted them. The referee didn't do anything. Nothing was mentioned on comms. These two lads are happy to go in, and we've I've mentioned about you know the absence of jobbers. You know it was a bit of a bit of a chance to to have a look at the how deep the roster is. Yeah, and and they totally squashed that match. That would have been a perfect chance to have a jobber match. And then yeah, Diesel exactly, interrupt yeah. that, yeah. you know. Well, right. you could, if you wanted to get over the idea of Diesel is a, a badass, you could come out and you could have interrupted the match with the mic. They could have been like, "What exactly. the fuck, we're having a match here." Then you could have batted them. Exactly. You could have batted two of them, and then like, "Oh yeah, 100%. right, yeah, Diesel, Diesel means business." Lovely stuff. Well, my killer number one is Diesel being rude as a segment. So I can, <laughs> I can, I can see how this whole Diesel segment, right? I can see how this is a bit of a prelude to the sort of face does heelish things and the crowd love it anti-hero. Like I can, I can see sort of shades of Stone Cold starting to emerge, but this just does not work. Nobody looked good from this. What was the fucking point? And he was rude. Killer number two. <laughs> the HBK has a funny turn ending. I, I never really like the they're seriously injured, no honest angles. But having Owen Hart on the other side of the ring as it's going on just made my stomach turn. This knowing what happens there, Ugh, didn't like it at all. No thanks. And killer number three, Marty Ginetti's street clothes. Sorry, Jim. No. <laughs> Come on. No, I'm with you here, Jim. I thought they, I thought they should, they shouldn't be on here.
Well, that's raw, but what happened on Nitro? Jim, take us through it. Okay, so we're in we're in Macon, Georgia. Macon, Macon, Georgia. How do you say that? I'd, I'd go Macon, just because it's more American to me. Macon, go on, we'll go with that. The comms lads, they bring us in to the show as they do every week. But this week, there's a slight difference. Everybody is shouting. <laughs> so Bischoff is shouting about being live. Mongo, yeah. unfortunately, is still here. He's also <laughs> shouting about how exciting a prospect Hogan v Sting is. Then it's Bischoff's turn to shout again, this time about the Super Bowl of wrestling. And finally, it's Bobby Heenan's turn to shout. He shouts that he never thought he'd see the day he'd be rooting for Sting. Then after Sting wins, Heenan wants him to fall down the stairs and put himself out of action. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Can't think of a louder opening to an episode on the watch through so far. Anyway, on we go. And out comes, out comes Scott Norton. Good. I enjoy seeing Scott Norton. Here he comes. He's on his way. He's on his way to the ring. His music is really quiet. I'm not sure if my hearing's being damaged by the comms lads or by Earl Hebner on, um, <laughs> on Raw just then, but his music is very quiet, it seems. And it sounds like the shark's music to me. Yeah, it was a kind of like a tension build, slow kind da, of. Da, yeah, da, da. I'm going, that, is that Scott Norton's music? Yeah, very strange. <laughs> well, it, it was about to become material because, uh, yeah, I haven't minded Norton so far, as we've often said, the three of us, but. I thought perhaps they've moved on from this bullshit with the shark here. He's getting his own separate entrance. He's walking out with purpose. He doesn't look like he's got, you know, an angry... He seems quite happy, if anything. Yeah. It'd be good to see him work with someone else, but oh, no. <laughs> here comes the shark to carry out one of the most <laughs> pants wrestling feuds that oh. have ever fucking existed. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, I, I'll talk about the match in a second, but this... Oh, there was awful. the amount of comedy I saw in this entrance was just was, was ludicrous. We've got the camera, we've got Norton walking into the ring, oblivious as to what's going on behind yeah. him. And then we see the shark emerge from behind the curtain a long way away. So Norton, he's like the seal here, isn't he? He's, he's a hapless <laughs> prey that doesn't know what's going on. And then we see the shark, and then the shark sets off. <laughs> if we're going to build some tension, we see him from a long way. And the shark's coming down the ramp, he's running down. And he's going to ambush Norton. He's going to knock him to the ground. And it would have been really good if the shark had not taken an age, a light year to, to, to get. Yeah, it's, it's not a surprise attack if you've got oh, five hours of visual warning. It took him forever to catch Scott Norton. I was starting to think Norton's going to get in the ring by walking faster than <laughs> he's going to catch him. He was so fucking slow. It was ludicrous. It was absolutely ludicrous. And it was disappointing to see, as, as Liam's alluded to, after after the shark was, you ran to the ring like a fucking bullet out of a gun the other week. This, that, that day, like last, last on the last episode of Night Raw, if he was racing Usain Bolt to the ring, I reckon the shark could legit have the world's fastest man thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm going to get a move on here if I'm going to beat him to the ring. But t- <laughs> tonight, he was just so fucking slow. I thought this dis- yeah. this display was, yeah, was a million miles away from Mako Shark. He was more a cumbersome whale shark at this stage. Yeah, just, <laughs> just poor, just all around poor. <laughs> he really uh, was. Did you, did you pick up on... Uh, when Scott Norton came in, the, the, he said, uh, Scott, Flash Norton. Yeah, yeah. Flash. Flash, <laughs> yeah. Flash. And the uh, he said that, that that name came from his arm wrestling days where he would flash you. Yeah. I mean, that's an unusual way to get an advantage <laughs> in arm wrestling. He's all getting the Hampton out. What the hell is oh, I've lost? Oh, he's done it again. Oh. I think it's, yeah, I think, I think we now know why he's not been on Nitro more. And the two men have a, have a shit 
fucking low, really back and forth, low energy brawl. A couple of people in the flat's foot crowd bother their asses to boo a little bit. <laughs> no one likes it. Get it off my yeah, fucking terrible. telly. I've got very little to say about the actual match. Uh, our boy Tim Patrick's officiating. <laughs> He's the man in the middle. Well, in Tim. Uh, Heenan makes a comment more befitting of Mongo, which was strange, when he describes the match as two huge men beating the crap out of each other <laughs> and the luckiest one is going to win. And then he goes, the luckiest one and the one with the best conditioning. Yes. A sign of good fortune, is it, taking care of your cardigan uh, <laughs> or whatnot. But I guess it's, you know, we can give Bobby Heenan a free pass because we know what he's working with. We know the job he's got in his hands. So yeah, yeah. It's fair play. We can, he can yeah. be afforded that. And there's also a really disgusting bit in the match when after um, Bobby Heenan's mentioned conditioning where you can see how paggered the shark is because he does, <laughs> like, I can't remember what he does. I think he might whip, whip not across the ring and then he kind of like exhales and a lot comes of gross comes out of his mouth. <laughs> A lot of big, a big string of spit comes out onto his chin and he kind of sucks it back in. It was fucking rancid. The camera was zoomed right in on his face. It was absolutely vulgar. They'd been wrestling for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, but he'd been running for 15 before it, so... <laughs> <laughs> he broke the record for the longest 10-yard dash. <laughs> <laughs> he took it. Took him so long to get the ring. I thought he's on one of the gladiator travelators going and running the other way. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Uh, Norton wins with a power slam. Fair fucks to him for lifting the shark. Mm-hmm. That's that done. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm not talking about this anymore. <laughs> Surely it's all over and done with. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. Fucking hope so. This has got to be the end of the shark, hasn't it? Fuck oh, it so. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's I, abysmal. It, it takes hardly anything to. to to get get over him, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, he couldn't just, any weaker, could he? It's just, it's just it's just such a disappointment when you when you when you when you see him on the way to the ring. It's just it's, <laughs> he's on Kevin Sullivan level now for me. Yeah, like, just just skip. Yeah, the TV yeah. time he's getting is just so unwarranted, isn't it? Oh, yeah, massive. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. But yeah, from there, uh, Bischoff pitches to a break by plugging in the forthcoming main events with Hogan and Sting, of course, and begs, "Don't leave now." As if he knows everyone's tuning out after the absolute <laughs> shower of shite we've just been served up. It's not all like this. <laughs> yeah. I promise. I promise it's not all like this. Don't leave now. Please don't leave now. <laughs> Speaking of absolute showers and overly long fuse nobody cares about, he's the taskmaster in Jimmy Hart for an interview with me and Jim. <laughs> While this is going on, again, it, they say the same thing as what they always say every yeah. week, so I'll not spend too much time on this. Uh, mean Gene suggests that Jimmy Hart is the original Benedict Arnold. I'm sure that was Benedict Arnold because he's stirring <laughs> up so much trouble. Yeah, yeah. Hart then tries to sow some dissension between Sting and Hogan while plugging not one, but two of Hogan's extracurricular activities in the sense that he's made a movie and he's on Baywatch. So, <laughs> what is this? Way to fucking get over the fact that you hate Hogan there. By the, watch his film and then watch his <laughs> TV program. He's a real fucker. From there, Gene passes the mic to uh, Old Yeller, I mean the Taskmaster, who <laughs> it was on pay-per-view pushing detail again. Why does he always get this gig? Uh, I think Liam was mentioned before. Why? Right. I know. Uh, is he always down to the Taskmaster to shell the pay-per-views? Yeah, why is he marketing this? I know. He's on commission. He has to be. He's doing he it has all the time. He's got to be, he doesn't get paid at all. He just gets a percentage of pay He just says the same buys. thing over and over again as well. Like it's 60 men, three <laughs> rings. <laughs> Over and over again. Trash, Turn it in, Tapmaster. <laughs> yeah, he, he finishes off his bit, as he often does, by saying the Dungeon of Doom are going to dish out a beat in a Hogan. We know they're not. No. Tapmaster, but whatever. Um, and then Mean Gene 
hilariously pass, passes back to Combs with one of the greatest lines <laughs> surely it's got to be of his career when he refers to both Jimmy Hart and the Taskmaster as two of the biggest pieces of human garbage <laughs> he has ever known <laughs> what I loved about this right what I loved oh, because it's a... the throwback right they don't get any chance to reply <laughs> <laughs> they kind of look angrily at him don't they <laughs> yeah they don't get right a reply he keeps the mic to himself <laughs> so as he's throwing back they don't get a response <laughs> superb superb from uh, Gene I loved it fantastic and the comms have got a bit to say and then the human garbage just keeps on coming because <laughs> here comes Disco Inferno <laughs> he does that really funny sketch again where he interrupts the entrance of another wrestler by dancing and with his own music on again my sides were splitting as they are every week laughing at this even this week when, when the music hit we even had uh, Eric Bischoff saying no disco fever like, <laughs> I, hate, I hate that the most when they pretend they're surprised by him really. that's what gets me the most when they're pretending like oh get rid of this guy this guy's an idiot <laughs> you have the power <laughs> it's, it's shocking it's sh- absolutely it's abysmal because of you Eric fucking hell it's fucking grim so interestingly though this is this this did strike me as noteworthy about disco inferno after missing out on the the uh, the worst gimmick award in our new year's honors list a quick google of disco inferno told me he was voted best gimmick in this very same year by none other than the prestigious wrestling publication the wrestling observer what best gimmick best gimmick he was the best that must be a piss take it must be they won it. Best gimmick. It's on there. 95. Best gimmick was Disco Inferno. He must have a, a cracking last six weeks of '95 if that's what he uh, <laughs> ends up with. Yeah, well, that he, he's, fought, he's fought once on Nitro. That's it. Baffling. Anyway, Disco Inferno dances for a bit. Eddie Guerrero comes out, and tells him to fuck off. Disco Julie obliges, and yeah, as ever, thank you very much, Eddie, for that. Absolutely, <laughs> public service. And then we get a bit of a shock announcement. Bloody hell, Eddie Guerrero's wrestling Ric Flair, yeah? I know. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, yeah, great. Eddie Guerrero, massive, massive push for Guerrero, yeah. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. But wait a second. No, he's not. No, he's not. Flair, <laughs> oh, he's, shit, part, he's, he's walked to the ring by Fly and Brian. He's strutting down to the ring. He's going out, clobber. Yeah. You know, something's obviously a miss here. <laughs> then Flair gets the mic and he, and he, he ridicules. He, he scoffs at the idea that he's, he's going to lower himself. <laughs> Which I love. That's so good from Flair. <laughs> to, to wrestling Guerrero. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been a real dick, isn't he? And uh, instead of wrestling Guerrero, he's going to go and put his feet up on the jet, allow Fry and Brian. Fly, fry and Brian? <laughs> fly and Brian. That's, that's, the, when, that's, that's when it goes south and he opens up his food stall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian. Um, <laughs> most potential for gimmick of the year, 95. Could have got that one in the rest of the observer, couldn't we? Oh, amazing. Yeah, he's going he's to allow fly. Welcome to Fry and Brian's. What can I get you? Two Brian burgers coming right up. <laughs> hey, to be fair, though, Bobby Heenan refers to uh, Eddie Guerrero as a ham and egger as well, so that, that, that builds on what you're saying there. <laughs> Down, <laughs> Set, setting up your old joke there, Jim. I like it. <laughs> Fry and Brian, <laughs> ham and egg. <laughs> what the fuck's a ham and egg? Um, Tag team would be called the Full English. <laughs> We're here all night. We're here all night. Right, enough of that nonsense. Um, Idiots. Brian Pillman, now I'm just going to call him Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman starts <laughs> the match off. <laughs> he 
starts a match off with some casual racism. He's mocking Eddie by impersonating Matador using his, his red jacket as a terrible a cloth or cape or whatever Matador shoes. It doesn't really make sense either because Eddie is of Mexican heritage and bullfighting's from Spain. And Eddie's born in Texas. El Paso, Texas. Oh, there we go. They're of the, 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 the compatriots. <laughs> yeah. So the match kicks off. Pillman's been a bit healy. He's clearly been, uh, he's, he's mentored very well, obviously, by uh, mm-hmm. Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eddie soon takes control with a spectacular head scissors dropkick and some big right hands. With the Hammenegger hysteria firmly behind us, uh, we return to the ring to see Pillman counter an aerial manoeuvre from Eddie and he starts working like a heel to slow the pace down. Uh, really lights Pillman here. Again, he's a Flair's protege and he's, he's yep. showing all those signs. He's, he's learning from the master, bending the rules, talking loads of trash. And yeah, it's right. a different style of match what we've seen Guerrero have recently too, where it's not too technical wrestling aficionados going at it at 100 miles an hour. Here we've got Guerrero dealing with, with a shithead who, who seemingly is going to take all kinds of shortcuts to victory. So it's a, as, as opposed to someone trying to out-wrestle him. So yeah, it's a kind of different match for Eddie to have. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it worked really well the return of the ring Guerrero's in the ascendancy at this stage he hits a brain buster on Pillman in the middle of the ring and he goes up top Pillman cuts him off and goes for a superplex but Eddie shoves him off the top and then he hits a spectacular glorious five star frog splash and gets the win Rolls Royce that, that frog splash compared to what, on, on, on Raw One Two Three kid tried something similar and it looked a million miles away from what, what Eddie pulled out it so. really did yeah did, 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 did. class act what a class act what a class act on the Saturday programme, we've got we've got Lex Luger going up against Hugh Morris. <laughs> any Hugh ideas? Morris. Who, yeah, any ideas? Some who Welsh that is? guy. <laughs> got some guy from maybe. Wales in the fight. Maybe, Lex yeah. Luger. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe he jumped back on the flight with uh, D- Duggan the other week. Hugh Morris, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's the main event. And then we've got VK. That's Walsh the main event. That, uh, we've got VK Wall Street in Disco Inferno, so it's safe to oh, say. Man. I'm I'm thankful that we we're, we're only uh, subjected to Nitro this weekend. Yeah, we're watching not, the not right the weekend program, show. Are we? I know. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so Hugh Morris. Soon, who who knows who that is? Keep your eyes peeled for Hugh Morris in the coming weeks. Then <laughs> Hugh Morris. <laughs> Next, we're trying to recap of last week's Nitro, uh, specifically the part where Macho Man becomes the first wrestler ever to be beaten up by the Dungeon of Doom. Um, we really have the shark's finest hour, where his, his unfathomable velocity is reached on rushing the ring and <laughs> it almost causing a sonic boom live on TNT. <laughs> and then we see clips of uh, the Monday Night Scores' worst killer winner at the New Year's honours uh, evening. Lex Luger, decked out in his, his pinstripe onesie, <laughs> joining the party as he works over Macho's arm. Looks worse on replay, doesn't it? The yeah, more you see, the worse it is. Oh, now, no, that is some bad attire. I mean, Marty Gennetti cops some flack for his attire. That <laughs> is bad attire. <laughs> anyway, back in the arena, Bishop tells us Macho suffered a, ne- a serious arm injury courtesy of the attack. But then Bishop plans to see that it may all be a ruse and... Indeed, Macho Man Randy Savage could be the one playing mind games. With he might not have an injured arm, they might be not. They're all very strange, all very weird. Yeah. Um, had to question the legitimacy of this, though. As we all saw a bunch of guys pulverize his arm, so this would be yet further burial of Lex Luger. If after Lex Luger has given him a severely beaten arm, dead right. We then found out actually nothing was wrong with Macho Man. <laughs> after all, <laughs> Luger's given both barrels. He still managed to inflict zero damage. Dead right. Nick's picks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it for next week. And after that, after the recap, 
<laughs> After the recap, we've got another match. It's Big Bubba Rogers on the way at the ring. He's dressed like he's still dressed like an insurance salesman, full <laughs> yep. suit on, shirt, tie, jacket, everything. While the comms team pay him the same attention as they would an insurance salesman walking to the ring. <laughs> yeah, might as well not be there as far as they're concerned. Exactly. <laughs> He's followed out by Hawk, who, who comes out of the ring, and Bish, who, who still hasn't acknowledged either wrestler by this point, is planting yet more seeds of intrigue, discussing Luger's surprise appearance on the debut episode of Nitro and asking, what if it happens again at World War Three? What if someone else shows up with no one expects? Yeah, I mean, fucking hell, Eric. Be cool, Eric, be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Bubba's outside the ring, allowing for Hawk's entrance. Hawk jumps in before the match starts. Attack him from behind. Yeah, um, it turns out at this point, what Big Bubba was doing outside the ring was he was taking off his tie and he's undone a few buttons on his shirt, Jesus. which begs a question, why does he come out of the ring? You've got a like locker that? room, mate. You've got, you got a locker room specifically <laughs> for this. He Honestly. knows. He's immediately acknowledged. As soon as he gets out, right, can't wrestle it. Tie off, shirt on <laughs> yeah. button. They can't wrestle like this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Leave it in the locker room, <laughs> Big Bubba. Come on. He's just he's working that hard to to shift them policies backstage, you know. What I mean? He's like right <laughs> until the last second. He's the on guy the in gorilla, he just tries <laughs> to phone the guy in gorilla as he comes. Hawk's giving himself a bit of advantage by by uh, by you know jumping Bubba outside the ring and he's kicking the shadow Bubba inside the ring. He's slamming him all over the map, pummeling him with right hands. Yeah. Bubba's got this wooden implement. It's about a foot long, and oh this is criminal. This is it's criminal. shaped like something that you know <laughs> might be lurking in Shawn Michaels' sex dungeon. But he's um, he's having real difficulty keeping this thing in his, his suit trouser pocket, isn't he? He keeps falling out. He keeps having to readjust. How it. did he think it would just stay in there in his suit trousers? Again, yet more. Acknowledgement. During the a fact his gear is clearly not suitable <laughs> for a task at hand. Change your gear, Big Bubba Rogers. This is absolutely absurd. Oh, it's ridiculous. He might as well be in a fucking spacesuit. This is just completely inappropriate <laughs> for what it needs to be. Um, there's one point where Hawk body slams Bubba and then he goes to the top rope and upon hitting the mat, the yeah. first thing Bubba Rogers does upon getting body slammed, the first thing he does is go and checks his pocket, grabs yeah, his shit, pocket. Shit, is that still in there? Is that still in there? In there? Oh, no. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mongo spots it, doesn't he? And then he, he, he doesn't have a clue what to say because obviously he, does, he doesn't want to ruin what's going to be. He doesn't want to give the game away, yeah. <laughs> yes. Honestly, Mongo and Bischoff, Bischoff with his, there might be a big reveal in coming at World War Three, right? And Mongo here would be the worst poker players in the known world, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, see the, hang on. Have you got a good hand there, Mongo? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> Fucking mental. Yeah, Mongo just like stumbling through, like seeing this uh, this object. <laughs> It's just awful, yeah, oh, ridiculous. <sighs> and then I was, I was expecting after after Bubba's got body slammed that he's, he's straight away gone to check if his contraband hasn't fallen out again. <laughs> I was thinking like, what's he going to do now? Is he going to is he going to go back to lying there? And he, lo and behold, he does. I was <laughs> yeah. thinking he, he's surely got a move though. He can't t- he can't just lie there and get hit with a move after he's clearly acknowledged he's not affected by this body slam. <laughs> he's completely no soul the body slam. <laughs> uh, thankfully, he does does roll out of the way, or the whole thing would have just been. Uh, Absurd as if it wasn't already. What am I saying? Cause it was. <laughs> what a look! What a lucky escape that was for Popper. Completely Jesus. covered. Completely covered it all. Cat in the bag still. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's just skip to the end. This is ridiculous. Popper assumes the upper hand after uh, the high risk move backfires from Hawk. And uh, Big Popper Rogers stays on top until the finish. He thwarts a couple of attempted Hawk comebacks until. <laughs> which includes Hawk missing again off the top rope so twice in one match stop doing that Hawk it's clearly not your bag get off the top rope and then 
as the ref is seeing the hawk after he's failed with another high risk manoeuvre Big Bubba is now the moment to unsheathe the 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 big wooden dildo and (laughs) (laughs) And what a way to use it as well well yeah exactly (laughs) unsheathe this foot long wooden implement (laughs) that has been making escape attempts throughout the match and we've all seen many times now and he begins to to tape it, this thing that's clearly doesn't fit around his hand. It's miles bigger than his hand. He's, he's, he's gaffer taping this on his hand as fast as he can. <laughs> How does a referee not see this? Like, what is going on? I'll tell you what, right? He is he is phenomenal with this tape, which which, which absolutely <laughs> begs the question: Why don't he tape it inside his pocket in the first place? In place? <laughs> if he's a dab hand with a fucking with a gaffer, why didn't he do this in the first place? Because the speed that he unpicks this this tape, unwraps it, and ravels it around to fix it in his hand, which is it needed because he could just hit him with it and oh, then throw Christ. it away it's the most <laughs> absurd thing you've ever seen was the idea as well I'm going to gaffer tape this to an inch of its life and then the ref won't have a clue what's going on despite the fact this thing being the size of like a video cassette <laughs> or something <laughs> the back of his hands <laughs> so then when it's finally gaffer taped on Bob has gone through all the fucking <laughs> three tapes tape. <laughs> it's going to take him ages to get it it's going to knack all the hairs on his hand are going to be off <laughs> <laughs> he then kind of backs off the, to the rope. He does like a, a backing away run off the ropes, and as he does it, who else? Jesus. But actually, I saw Jim Duggan, presumably <laughs> fresh from his trip to Ireland. He grabs Big Bubba's foot to trip him, and this causes Big Bubba. This causes Big Bubba to hit himself in the head with his loaded hand. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how boy Tim Patrick missed any of this, but <laughs> Hawk taps it like the ball into the open goal and, and scores the one, two, three oh, with the pin. Fucking awful. Imagine this, right? At the very beginning, when uh, when when Hawk picks Big Bubba up and the implement first drops out. Imagine if he had to realise that I dropped out and just carried on, and it gets to this point and he's reaching in his pocket trying to find this <laughs> this wooden club or whatever it is. It was absolutely. Oh, man. So bad from start to finish this. This it, was abysmal. Terrible. Terrible. Abysmal. Following this fucking palaver, Combs had to take us into a break by telling us Hogan and Sting is up next and once again beg us not to leave. They're clearly, picking, <laughs> they're clearly acknowledging, aren't they? Yeah, that was shite. We yeah. better keep leaving. Just as they did in the first bit. They've done it again here. <laughs> anyway, main event. Here it comes. Sting v. Hogan. Two absolute fucking stellar names in the industry. Yep. <laughs> Given away for free. On, um, <laughs> on 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 regular television here. Yeah, obviously it's going to be pay per view material <laughs> down the line. I'm sure. But here we go. Um, Stings out first. He's got Hogan's red and yellow clobber on. Yeah, or at least some kind of homage to it. And we cut away to a to a World War Three plug at this point. Get it in in the main event. Now they've all begged us to stay. Back from this short break, and Hogan's music hits. It, we cut to the entrance lights going and the pyros firing up. Can only mean one thing. Here comes. Macho man, Randy. <laughs> yep, to Hogan's uh, music. Unbelievable. You didn't say this coming, did you? Um, so Macho, he stood there. He's got his dark side Macho get up on, arms in a sling. Yeah. Is it really hurt? Or is he just stringing us along? Oh, I don't know. I can't imagine. <laughs> can't, I begin to think. Um, he certainly doesn't seem too upset about it, though, as he stands for ages, gesturing, <laughs> beckoning Hogan to come out to emerge from behind the curtain. He's there for an awful long time doing this. And at this point, I'm thinking, fuck, how long is this entrance going to go on for? And then I check the time remaining on the show and I see there's a full 14 minutes left on the clock and then I'm desperate for the entrance to go on because I'm thinking, I can't take 14 minutes of a whole match. 
Did you clock the sign? There was a, there was a sign that you know I love a, a comedic sign in the crowd. Did you? Oh yeah, you got a sign. Of sign watch. Yeah, yeah. The sign, the sign watch. Yeah, I didn't see the sign. Yeah, yeah. So so while this was going on, there was a, a sign in the crowd that said, uh, "Sting is a big dog." <laughs> <laughs> so so they got awful promo from the other it's week. It's worked. Where, Someone's taken it. It's on. worked. It, it, it's resonated. Hell. It struck a chord with with one viewer. So he, he's uh, he's in Sting's corner here. He, he's backing him up. He's a big dog. It just cracked me up. Sting is I bet a big that made Sting feel much better about himself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mercilessly, the, the entrance fiasco draws to a close not long after with some classic Nitro television. Um, the gesturing from Macho, it was all a decoy. Slippery eel that Macho is, I'm now starting to think they are in a sling might not be an injury after all. <laughs> Hogan emerges through the crowd and he enters the ring behind Sting, but before he does... A bastard. He has a real chew on, doesn't he? Getting over the three he foot eye metal. Cannot really. do oh, it. it's painful. It takes Kevin Sullivan esque. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's about six foot nine in the organ or something. He's absolutely obscenely large. And he, he could not get over this fucking fence, could he? <laughs> no, not as He couldn't do it. Absurd, yeah. As he is struggling to get over this <laughs> toddler's height barricade, he's, um, he's, he's wearing his fucking mask from the Mate Made to look all the more ridiculous. <laughs> Why has he got that on? No idea. Why no has idea. he got that on? Come on, Hulk. Get rid of that. It's, it's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> he gets in the ring and he does a Lord of the Hole, cupping his hands to the crowd all the while wearing the mask and the crowd kind of half cheer for him. And all the while Sting, he's a... He, he pretends to be totally unaware that Hogan is only a couple of metres behind him. All the while. He's just oblivious to it, completely unaware. Buries him, doesn't it? Makes him look like such a moron. Such an absolute utter idiot. Um, the stage is set for the perfect ambush. Here it is, Hogan. You're just going to surely smash him from behind here and then just go into the match with the, on the upper hand. But then Hogan just goes and taps Sting on the shoulder and basically says, I... Before the square off. <laughs> so can you explain to me what the whole point of him going through the crowd was there, please? <laughs> exactly right, I know. <laughs> ah, the element of surprise. I've surprised you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mental. So Bischoff, he stays, he's hyping the match. He tells us deep down in his soul he wishes it would stop. He needs us to stop for the sake of all the children. He goes full on. Um, what's Reverend fucking Lovejoy's wife called in... in uh, the, the, the Simpsons Mrs. Lovejoy I'll presume he goes on Mrs. Lovejoy from The Simpsons <laughs> so I'm thinking for the sake of the children who look up to both of these wrestlers bit much that isn't it Bischoff well it is and it also absolutely just shatters kayfabe like the idea that two people who like each other can never wrestle you can't have that in this supposed sporting arena like you know that yeah, never happened very true because they're friends because they're allies. I never thought this I'd is... see this two real A-list stars fighting each other in a wrestling ring you're a moron Eric <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to feel like it's gone to the red a bit winning the, uh, all the big awards at the, the honest <laughs> list last night because this, this hasn't been good so far, has it? Um, no, it hasn't. So the match starts out with Sting unloading on Hogan. Who would have thought fucking giving away the element of surprise could have backfired so <laughs> drastically. Uh, he's kicking his ass all over the ring. Um, we even get to a point about a minute and a half into the proceedings when Hogan almost takes a bump. Can you imagine that? No. Hogan almost takes one. So Sting drop kicks him. And Hogan uses his momentum to roll over the top rope before safely landing on his feet <laughs> and walking towards the Everest barricade he almost failed to scale moments before. <laughs> but almost, you saw him, he rolled over those ropes. Oh, yeah, he, could, yeah. he could have fell over there, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. How is that for some peril? That's, that's was, a, what a way to sell it. Really, uh, really <laughs> heart in your mouth stuff there. Um, <laughs> 
after that though Hogan turns it around and uh, when Sting reaches over the top rope and he just was class he tries to grab Hogan by the hair to pull him down but given that <laughs> Hogan's nothing but pure skin all the way down to the base of his skull <laughs> all the way down to the base of his skull he's getting pure skin <laughs> he's got no purchase whatsoever straight off it's like Sting's paws are sliding across that shiny dome like it's a spot of black ice on tarmac. <laughs> He's got no purchase whatsoever. It's like a Mako shark cutting through water. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole- <laughs> He's got no purchase. And while he's fanning about trying to get all the summit on the back of Hogan's head, Hogan fucking just pulls him down by the ankles and pulls him out and starts working him over on the outside. Um, Hogan then enjoys a period of dominance before we, we pull over into Rest Old City for an extended stay. We'll stay in the night, possibly another night, with a series of shit arm bars, headlocks and the like. During this, this whole submission kind of montage here from Hogan, I'm pretty certain at one point he's got he's got Sting in like an arm armbar submission, and he's saying to him, <laughs> "Are you with us, Macho?" Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Are you with us? Yeah. Are you with who, us? Who? Me and Sting. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting confusing. You're not with Sting. Sting. You had this big fucking issue the other week. Yeah. Just die. So finally, once the once the uh, the prolonged. Submission old stint is finished with. We actually get a, a move from Hulk Hogan, which is, is rare itself. We've almost had a bump. We almost get a move. Can you imagine all of this? Um, he does he does a backdrop and he gets a two count for his troubles. And then we get a comeback from Sting. He starts working Hogan's legs briefly before applying the Scorpion Deathlock. We saw we saw Ric Flair tap to this two weeks ago. Do you think do you think Hogan's gonna gonna tap out? <laughs> nah, of course he doesn't. He powers his way out of this before we get a customary uh, Hulk up. Yeah. Hulk then then he flattens Sting before going for the leg drop. But Sting evades. He evades the leg drop. Can you imagine that? Unbelievable. Can you imagine? Um, and Sting reapplies the Scorpion Deathlock. So Hogan, he's telling Macho, I can't take it, despite seemingly well within reach of the bottom rope. He, yeah, he just quite easily just, just grab that rope there. But he didn't, I can't take it, I can't take it. <laughs> uh, but before Hogan's tap, I'm sure he's about to tap here. He's going to tap, isn't he? Of course he's going to tap. He's already just said he can't take it. He can't reach the bottom rope, Simon. He's, he's, he's definitely going to tap. 100%. Before he's going to, before that hand starts pounding the mat, who intervenes, who interjects, who interrupts, but none other than it's the Dungeon of Doom. They're out yeah. to cause... Their weekly DQ. <laughs> Correct. It's all the usual shit lads from Dungeon of Doom are here. So I clocked old Yeller, Zabrodia, <laughs> the Shark, Meng, it pays me to say it, and yeah. a couple of others I didn't recognise. Yeah, well, anyway, these pack of jokers, um, they begin to administer <laughs> a beating to Sting and Hogan, but within seconds, within seconds, they're fought off there, they're fended off there, they're sent packing, <laughs> all of them. Chucked out the ring in no time at all. Out comes the giant. He's bringing up the rear with Jimmy Hart. But by the time the giants got to the ring, all his fellow dungeon dwellers have been been chased away. So again, this, this prompts <laughs> me to ask the question: Why didn't the giant just come out? Just with have the else? giant lead with the giant. Yeah. I know yeah. it's ridiculous. Leave the rest in the back. Yeah, giant. Put the giant in the vanguard. He is your most potent weapon. Put him. <laughs> put him up front, front and center. Here we go. He's leading this charge. In the ring, Giant's on his own with those two. He goes to chokeslam both Hogan and Sting, but at this point, Macho intervenes and hits the Giant in the back with a chair to make the save. Uh, Giant is now infuriated. Yeah. He turns and he chokeslams Macho, obviously with his arm, the injured Macho, or so we so we're also led to believe. The infuriated Giant chokeslams Macho. Both Sting and Hogan here could have returned the favour and saved him quite easily, but they, they don't bother. Nope. They don't want to do that. In Leave fact, him to himself. In fact, Hogan <laughs> goes so far as to leave the ring 
to get a chair from outside while his only ally going into the match, who was yeah. also carrying an injury, lest we forget. Yes. Is slammed to the mat by the giant and also had brought a chair into the ring. So there's a chair into the ring, which Hogan ignored. He wanted to go out and get his own chair <laughs> and let his partner get fucking done in by the giant. Oh, what a shithead. Oh, um, Hogan and Sting then used the chair to close on the giant over the top rope, offering as an entree for what is going to come almost certainly in the 60-man battle royal at the pay-per-view at the weekend. You are right. At this point, though, the dungeon decide they're going to call it a night. They don't want to beat up Hogan and, uh, <laughs> Hogan and Sting anymore. They decide to call it a night. And with the exception of the giant, who wants to go on, wants to fight back, but the others are, are pulling him away. The rest of the heel stable are, are trying to keep him out of the ring. We cut to a brief break, and then we've got a section of the show. I, I've, I, I, had, I have no no real way of describing this um, some shenanigans occur at the end so I thought <laughs> yep, we were done I'll do it I thought we were done but apparently not <laughs> so we get back from the break and the Taskmaster is vigorously trying to to yank the headset off Bobby Heenan <laughs> this is this is amazing he breaks I, it I, just a total capitulation of his headset it was just brilliant <laughs> it was fucking it, well, I was just baffled oh, and while Jimmy Hart is shouting into his megaphone again <laughs> right close to the commentary team so some more hearing damage has been incurred on both of these uh, episodes it would appear and Bischoff is screaming at them really angry Bischoff at this point he calls the Taskmaster a psycho and apologises to us on their behalf once they leave it was again noteworthy that Taskmaster and Hart just left like like we never found out what they were doing what they wanted to say why they were on comms that nothing was offered here Um, and then we get a final push for the pay-per-view and with that load of rubbish we call time on Nitro for the week. Well, now let's see what we all made of it. Liam, what were your Nitro ratings builders? Okay, so on my builders list this week for Nitro, number one very obviously is the Eddie Guerrero and Flying Brian yep. uh, contest fantastic match excellent show put on again from Eddie Guerrero for Brian Pillman like we said with um, Johnny B. Bad the other week uh, matched Eddie for the majority of the, of the contest um, but I feel here Eddie is again demonstrating that he should or could be pushed further up the card Yeah, excellent at the moment Eddie Guerrero is featuring quite heavily on the uh, Nitro show Um very solid performance and well recognised in our New Year's honours list indeed um, so clearly at the top of my builders list lovely stuff right this this is where things start to get a little bit weird <laughs> so so builder number two I'm going to go Hulk Hogan Jesus webs Gee, fuck <laughs> two right I've slaughtered Hogan on this pod over and over again so it's only fair to acknowledge a little bit of improvement in his, his wrestling performance. Wow. Um, I, I thought, in terms of this, this evil persona kind of thing he's trying to play across, I thought he did that much better this week. I know it, we, we got to a point where he, he hooked up and then it all fell down again. Um, <laughs> but it gave us a quick glimpse towards the future and knowing what maybe is is, is there for him because um, he, he desperately needs you know a change of scenery yeah. he, he definitely needs to turn her heel or fully heel really quickly and he was getting some boost from the crowd here he was he was he was that's what I mean so it, it's it's a it's a tiny step in the right direction at the moment and it's only fair for me to, to acknowledge that 
because I have absolutely annihilated him on the pod, so he, he is on the builders list. It's very good of you, Liam. You're a better man than I. <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested in what builder number three is going to be. If that was, <laughs> if that was builder number two, Hogan was in a second slot. <laughs> well, builder number three, I mean, I've gone for the mean gene comments uh, towards... <laughs> Towards uh, Taskmaster and uh, and Jimmy Hart, you know, it's nothing nothing to do with any wrestling on show, but it was just super sublime, you know, referring to them as as pieces of garbage <laughs> and totally catching comms off guard. It, it yeah. was it was a, a delight to see. So incredible. Ge- mean, Je- mean Jeans is, is number three for me. Lovely stuff. Well, my builders are builder number one. During the segment, right at the death, where there is general disarray at the comms table. <laughs> Heenan's acting with the broken headset. Specifically, <laughs> specifically the line when he said, almost off, off mic, and they like me. Yeah. <laughs> what else are they going to do to everyone else? Well done, Bobby. You had an off week this week, mate, with that line. You, oh, you save your right of the death. Build number two. Eddie and Pillman. Honestly, this was nowhere near the best match we've seen Eddie Guerrero in, but it was still one of the best things on this show by a country mile. And build number three. Liam, I can show you me countdown style notes, but I've also gone for Mean Gene's comment referring to the Taskmaster and Jimmy Hart (laughs) as two of the biggest pieces of human garbage he's ever seen in his throwback without leaving them right of reply. Amazing. Jim, how about you? What were your Nitro ratings builders? hard work on the builders front this week um, number one it's Guerrero v Fry and Brian Pillman <laughs> uh, yeah highlight of the show by a long way yeah all of my kind of builders here come in the same the same segment um, builders number two it, it was difficult uh, Eddie Guerrero is builder number two <laughs> <laughs> I think I can guess what builder number three is there <laughs> No, I might throw you a little bit of build number three. But uh, yeah, the man, he, he just keeps on doing the business. He, he holds the show together. He's, he's the high point on a weekly basis. And I think that has got to be very hard to do. Because I mean, yeah. obviously, Bobby Heenan's another high point in the show. But he, as I demonstrated this week, he had a bit of a wobble and was, was coming out with some some cobblers. I know, I know he did receive himself at the end, as you quite rightly pointed out today. But um, yeah, he, he's just consistently, every week, great yeah, batch all is. the time. Correct. And it's just a shame he's so... Uh, underappreciated really by the comments as you say Liam he could be easily bumped up the cards yeah yeah definitely be well received uh, building number three is uh, Ric Flair's promo when he when he come out and introduced and it suggested he might be wrestling and he's like nah of course I'm not and yeah raised a few <laughs> questions as to who gave Flair the authority to decide the matches on the show but still the, the promo was, was great and his antics around the ring it being a total prick yeah, kind of helped good. Pillman uh, get over as well Lovely stuff. Liam, what about your Nitro ratings killers? Okay, so top of the killers board for me, uh, number one is the weapon from <laughs> the <laughs> Big Bubba Rogers and Hawk contest. I mean, it, it, it fell out of his pocket within two minutes and then he was constantly checking for it throughout the match. Um, comms didn't know what to say when, when, when obviously it had ruined you know, the ending of this, of this contest. Uh, absolute comical it, it was shocking it was so bad and as we've alluded to that there's possibly f- more to come from these two as well which is going to be painful to, to sit through number two I've gone for the shark um, <laughs> oh god this is this is just it's just tiring now watching this guy come out every week it's for him as well <laughs> 
if he didn't keep trying to sprint down the ramp and get into the ring as quick as he could, he'd have a little bit left in the tank in these matches. Because <laughs> in the shark tank. He's coming across. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, he's coming across as a jobber at the moment. I mean, a power slam was enough to get to get him uh, over this week. We had a bump to the head the other week that knocked him out. How the Dungeon of Doom haven't kicked him to the curb, I I, I don't know. I mean. Oh. The Dungeon of Doom love interfering with in matches and they didn't go anywhere near his, his match today, so it speaks volumes of what they think about this guy. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's on, his, on his way out, I think. So the Shark is definitely my number two. And then number three, it's got to be Disco Inferno. Um, he's still persisting with this toxic waste of a gimmick. I mean... <laughs> gimmick of the year? Best observer. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck happened there? how how we have seen some bad gimmicks haven't we in fairness yeah but this is excruciating isn't it it he, is he, it really he is. appears he appears before a match I mean this week he's promoting his CD um, <laughs> <laughs> and what annoys me is like, he's, he's constantly getting like ignored by anyone that comes out of the uh, at the back like yeah. if he get involved like interfere make your gimmick a little bit more interesting it's just shit it's just so bad so he's he's on the killers board as well this week lovely stuff can't argue with any of that lot my killers were killer number one the dungeon run-ins come up with a new finish lads it's irritating it's not good in a heat generating way it's boring just do something different please it just please killer number two Hogan not good in the ring technically nor was it an interesting match storyline wise that was awful but more importantly how was that mask a disguise (laughs) (laughs) why can't he get over the guardrail and why haven't they thought this through before he's got to the guardrail and gone oh no I can't get over that guardrail and the cameras are on it's not even a fucking eye rail it's not even an eye rail three is tights a giant killer on one side Uh, that's not really what happened is it Hulk because you pushed him over over the edge killing him and then he just bounced back right so you haven't killed the giant it's not of that that's that's an absolute oversell and and we might point out here at this point when you thought you had pushed him over the uh, he fell off the building you was going help help we need help over here so you you weren't bragging about killing him there you can't come out weeks later and killer number three, Scott Norton versus the Shark. Really disappointed in this. Not the Shark, I know he's terrible, but did, did Norton, why are they not making him look like the beast he clearly is? Why, this is crying out, why isn't he going on like a, a jobber rampage, you know what I mean? And just decimating yeah. the lower mid card. Why have yeah, you got him yeah. bouncing off the Shark? Because that's what they do for most of this match, bounce off each other. It's like two giant fucking space <sighs> hoppers. It's How are we still persisting? Terrible. Jim, what were your Nitro ratings killers? Killer number one. It is that same old fucking ineffective, miserable, boring, never-ending Dungeon of Doom running in the main events. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> many times are we going to see this? Killer number two. We've got the same boring, lethargic altercation between Scott Norton and the Shark. Yeah. Again, how many more times are we going to see this? <laughs> and um, killer number three is the same diabolical entrance hijack from Disco Inferno. I'd be thinking again, how many more times are we going to see this?
So with all of that in mind, let's see which show we all thought deserved to win the viewing figures fight this week. Liam, start with you. Which show did over in the ratings battle? A very easy decision for me this week. We've slated Raw over the last couple of weeks, but I thought they took a much needed step in the in the right direction this week. Nitro was shocking. Lovely, Jim. Can you uh, you take a different view, or is it Raw for you too? Raw was the best show. Yeah, but Nitro surely gonna surely gonna win the ratings battle, given that they have advertised Hogan versus Sting. They're surely gonna surely gonna win. I see. So yeah. So Nitro did Nitro didn't deserve. But you think it'll take it? Fair Thinking enough. Tactically, yeah. Like yeah, it. clever. I Raw for me was the best one this week. Easy as you like. Nitro was just flaccid. It was it was a gr- it was a real grind to get through. I really, my finger was hovering over that skip button for most of it, and had to really fight not to do it. Well, that's what we think. But what did the American public think in 1995? Let's open the golden envelope to find out. Raw, 2.3. Nitro, 2.5. Nitro's pulled one back. Jim, you've called it perfectly accurately. Yeah, good thinking, Jim. Points on the board for Nitro. It's it's coming on the back of a a great night at the honours. At the honours. Got that winning feeling, haven't they? Well, it's now 5-4 on the Monday night scoreboard. Well, before we head off to start tracking down naughty denim jackets on eBay, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Well, all that's left is to bid you a fond adieu, so it's goodbye from us. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores. Kid gets super heat from King by Kim. Co- sorry, by Kim from Kim. Who did they get super heat from? From Kim. Kim. South, North Korean. It's definitely, Korean. definitely not him. It is. Who did they get super heat from? He's definitely going to get heat in the him. Yeah, of course he's. Super hate. I'll just say from. <laughs> What, what you're trying to say, I'll sort of be the dickhead. Um, he, he and Kid, I'll just say he and Kid get super heat. I'll just, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who Kim was when oh, correct popped in there, but it doesn't matter. We sure it's not just Kid. No, well, he, well, Kid doesn't get super heat with Kid, does he? He gets super heat anyway. He and Kid then, sorry, he and Kid get super heat by taunting Janetti, who returns Sans. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I've ruined this. <laughs> Fucking auto correct. <laughs> He and Kid get super <laughs> sorry, and don't. He and Kid get super heat from Jim by taunting Janetti, who returns Sans refs. That's all I ruined it. <laughs> it was me. It was me all along. I'm making jokes about Kim Jong Un. It was me. All of that worked. <laughs> we're, we're all knobheads. <laughs> I couldn't remember my own joke <laughs> unawares unawares me. ripping Kim Jong on it was you all along it's like the Scooby Doo that <laughs> Take off your your Kim mask. (laughs)
fucking bunch of morons. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Idiot. Idiot. Right, back to it. <laughs>